What's up, you fucking foot pussy foots? <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Whoa. Matt, aka Legion Rex, and welcome to another amazing episode of The Gap. I'm your host. With me, I have my co-host, Shane, aka The Beautiful One. How are you doing today, Shane? I'm, so- I'm sorry if that was a little aggressive. I'm sorry if I, you know... Put Shane was insulting off. people who died from earthquakes prior to <laughs> no, the don't podcast. Tell don't tell them that. No, I, I, I just did. Stop I exposing just did. me, Matt. I will expose anyone and everyone. Oh no! My secret is out. <laughs> <laughs> my secret is out. With me, I have my co-host Spencer. How are you doing today, Spencer? Uh, good, good. Work was hectic. But I'm oh, glad to be here. God, no one work. cares. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> you're aggressive today. <laughs> I'm sorry, Spencer. Are you no, okay, Shane? Is there well, something you want to I talk about? Not Spencer, come back. <laughs> <laughs> Is there something you need to talk about, Shane? No, I'm fine. Don't worry about me. Oh, he left. Oh, he just <laughs> he left. <laughs> he just fucking bailed. Uh, I'm sorry, Spencer. I love you. <laughs> He's very, he's very quiet. Yeah, he's very he's quiet. A... Hello? He's... Hello, hi. hi. Uh... Hey. We have, a, we have a wonderful show planned for all of you today. Uh, we have simulcast to talk about because simulpumps to talk about. We have a metric load of news. Um, and we also got a featured anime of the podcast, which is uh, Toilet Bound Hanako-kun, which is something we're very excited to talk about. Because uh, Shane picked it last minute because he wants to talk about it. Yeah. So, But I'm very excited to talk about it too. So I think we're pretty much ready to get started. If both of you can behave. I'm sorry, uh, God. This is a civilized podcast for civilized people. Preemptive Waffalo from the host. <laughs> Preemptive Waffalo. Start calling me David Cronenberg because I'm about to make some body horror. All right, so what's first on the docket, Matt? <laughs> Simulcasts. Um, so we are around halfway through the season-ish, um, which uh, already we're already halfway through. Um, it feels like we just started. Yeah, it really um, does. Just like everything yeah, else in this hell year. <laughs> in this hell world of a year. Um, but yeah, we're about halfway through the season. So uh, I want to start off with Shane. Is there any shows in particular that have been caught your eye the past two weeks? Here's the thing. Um, I'm a little behind. <laughs> I'm about a, a week behind on most of my shows, so I don't really have anything to talk about in terms of simulcast. However, I came in prepared with a different topic that I was going to pose to the group as a whole, since we are okay. roughly halfway through the season. And we don't do season awards for fall because the end of the year awards are the first yeah. week of December. What's your anime of the season? What, what What's sticking out to you the most right now? Uh, I don't have one ready. Bye. Uh, uh, so far... Um, I'm gonna have to give it to Moriarty the Patriot. That's my first gut feeling too. Is Moriarty that the that show is fucking outstanding? Mm-hmm. I have I I mean I'll get more into it when I talk about stuff, but like that's probably so far my anime of the season. Respectable yeah, that's choice. probably mine too. Actually, because uh, there's a lot that aren't like. 
like ones that I really the ones that I'm really enjoying. Higarashi's really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, fucking Akadama Drive is amazing. <sighs> Akadama uh, Drive is it's up there, bonkers. man. Uh, uh, Wandering Rich is Wandering Witch is really good. Um, and there's a couple of other there's a couple of others, but Moriarty the Patriot is the big one this season that is really constantly impressing me. Um, it is the success of the Code Geass. I never thought that I that I needed or wanted. Um, it oh reminds God, me a lot of right. Code, it reminds me a lot of Code Geass. Um, it's like Code, Code Geass, Geass, but instead of a mecha, it's it's a mystery. It's like Code Geass if there was no mechs, and it was like instead it was like 1800s Britain. And <laughs> that doesn't sound anything like Code Geass. If well, I'm like, I meant no, no. But here's the thing, like. The main, the lead character, the, this version of Moriarty is a lot like Lelouch. So he's very um, and, like um, methodical, very conniving. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. He's methodical. Just also his motivations I, are extremely similar. Yeah, as well. I, I wouldn't exactly call him conniving. It's it, it's it's really he's interesting. Cunning. He's very cunning. He's cunning. He, it's really interesting this take on James Moriarty, um, because it's such a it's a completely new take on Sherlock Holmes because so far there's absolutely zero Sherlock Holmes. It's all about- I know he's going to show I know he sh- yeah. I know he's showing up. I know he shows up and he's a major plot element and he's a major like character. I don't know if he's an antagonist yet. But, I know he yeah. is because the manga is a- adapts the final problem at some point. Oh, okay. The most Which, recent, um, the most recent arc apparently is like a couple of volumes, and it's an adaptation of the final problem. Which, if you know Sherlock Holmes, that is the final confrontation between Holmes and Moriarty in the original that, books. That was uh, the point where uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle wished to kill off uh, Sherlock Holmes forever. Obviously, and it didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work because people were upset that they they had killed Sherlock Holmes, including his own mother. Uh, it, was very Goku. it was like yeah. when they killed Goku in Dragon Ball Z, except British literature. Exactly. But I, would, I, would, I have never heard of uh, Dragon Ball and uh, <laughs> Ye Old uh, well, English. It's a couple hundred <laughs> chapters, and uh, I, I think you'd like it. No, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird to see Moriarty, one, as a young boy or a young man. Um, young because lad young lad a a dapper young lad mind you because the james moriarty that we know is like a 54 to 60 year old man who's just kind of decrepit um and this is like a super bishy like blonde hair red eyes like anime boy and i'm like (laughs) that's kind of okay but um so far the op so hard um, i feel like shane would really like moriarty oh lot. i'm sure i would i think i think you would i think it's really fucking good it's one of the best dramas of the year like oh hands and down. hands down one of the best dramas of the year and it's wonderfully directed to the guy who did mm. run with the wind is doing it so i remember um, you saying that and i'm like well <laughs> i need to um, watch it at some and point we watched we watched and, run with the wind yeah. yeah, I watched two episodes. Actually, I thought I watched like three. Uh, so I watched, I watched a, de- I watched a little bit. Um, 
But yeah, and if it's not and not Moriarty, I think my runner-up's probably Kaisen. To be honest, <laughs> mm, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> How about Shane? What is your favorite of the season? Golden Conway. <laughs> you are I, a predictable I, motherfucker. I need to get caught up on Conway. I mean, like, I can't, I can't lie to myself, man. Like, come on. Um, <laughs> it, it's Golden Kamui. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, golden it's, and it's Sugimoto. like it, it, it just hits Miyamoto. all the right spots for me every single week in some way shape or form like the last two weeks episode four was uh fucking hilarious sugimoto and the gang go to a circus i've seen stuff of that and i was crying what? like it looks so fun it's dude so sugimoto amazing. is like going like Ooh, like he's trying to like about to cut his arm and then he just makes a dumbass face and he's like <laughs> and it doesn't fucking he's literally like arm. he's supposed to be like a daredevil who's like i'm going to slice my arm with the sword here we go and then he just goes <laughs> <laughs> he just that exact sound too <laughs> yeah and it, the face he makes is so funny yeah. and the crowd's booing him and he just keeps going <laughs> and small children are like cut yourself <laughs> It's so that funny. sounds amazing. It's so funny. And then episode five was a really tense uh, confrontation between snipers, uh, Ogata versus a uh, Russian sniper. So th- okay. they're really pushing the Russians as the antagonists of the season. Don't you love how Golden Conway can just switch between like genres within episodes? It really it's- does. And it and it never feels like a whiplash. It always just goes. Okay, this is the next. Uh- this is the next. Um, we're in the circus. That's, <laughs> now we're in the circus, and now we have a really grim flashback that's full of like trauma and tragedy. And now we're shooting people, and now we're learning about Ainu culture, and now we're eating deer meat. <laughs> and now we're eating deer yeah, meat. Yeah. Oh, and looks at oh, and look the the group is being dumb again. <laughs> and now we're being gay, like really, really gay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what they say. They say you can you can learn a lot about a man from his dick. They say, hey, 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 let's not pray the what, gay way because this is the no. right way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. But yeah, runners up, um, it's Golden Conway. Like, I can't lie to myself. But runners up yeah. for best of season for me are Kaisen because this adaptation is doing wonders. Like, it's yeah, an yeah, extremely about, strong adaptation. I'll talk about, I'll talk more about Kaisen in Simulpub, actually. But um, uh, Kaisen is this adaptation. It's the perfect sweet spot, mm-hmm. I find. Um, mm-hmm. It reminds me, it's, it's like the other good, like, it's, it reminds me of other amazing jump adaptations like uh, Hunter Hunter or My Hero Academia in that it's exact it it cuts out just what it needs to but it keeps everything in it keeps everything that makes it kaisen while trimming the fat which is yeah. best of both worlds yeah which is what it's like it's very reminds me a lot of MHA and Hunter Hunter's adaptations which i both also adore mm-hmm. um i mean and it, I, it's reminds me of definitely that definitely worried I was definitely worried that they were going to cut out a lot of the dark nature, and then episode three happened, and, and I'm like, "Oh, okay, no." Nope, yeah, no, no, they did not. They did not. Which I'm really happy they didn't. Uh, this is Kaisen. What's your other runner up, Shane? Outside of Kaisen, uh, Akudama, because whew, that is a trip. <laughs> <laughs> Akudama is so good. Uh, Akudama, Bro, 
fantastic. Akudama is literally everything that I wanted from a not Danganronpa Danganronpa game. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, you can it's, just make this a video game now, and I'll, I'll, I'll be sold. It's it's just GTA with it's just GTA and Danganronpa. Yeah, in pretty much. Cyberpunk. In Cyberpunk, what is what is one of the most interesting and the the biggest inspiration to, uh, I, I can see from Danganronpa aside from the way from the scene transitions and the way that the characters are drawn? It's that fucking it, annoying ass thing that follows them around. No, it's that it's the cutaway. Uh, where the, they t- give some history, but it's the the rabbit and the shark. Right, the rabbit the and the shark. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that is Monokuma Theater. That's basically what it is. But it's just telling you about the history of the uh, the is it Kon is it Kanto and Kansai? Kanto and Kansai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kanto and Kansai regions. And like the, like Usagi, note the rabbit and whatever shark is in Japanese. Um, and like them, like spin. And ending up in different poses to like denote emotion is one million percent just Monokuma theater, but with a different coat of paint. And I absolutely love how Akadama's world building it just relies on this is cool and that's it. I, like it just it doesn't. I want to give kudos to the the rabbit and shark vignettes because a that's a really smart way to do exposition. And mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't feel like exposition because of how like stylized and unique it is. And B, it's all in universe. Like they're always like educational videos yeah. playing somewhere in the world, and then it smoothly transitions back to whatever's happening. I really like that. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, it's re- yeah, it's really good. It's, it it really plays well into like the whole like Kansai is basically teaching like their people to be afraid of Kanto and how like Kanto is, you know, is being so nice to them by allowing them to have this area and this space. And the fact that it has that big, like, like at the end, it has that big, like, you know, like paid for by Kansai, like the Kansai region. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just, it works well as like an in-universe way to not only do exposition as you stated, but also to show like the propaganda. I was going to say, have. it's just propaganda. Like, Yeah, exactly. Which means, are we here? We might be hearing some bullshit in there. I would not be shocked because it's also Danganronpa, and they yeah. have been known to do that with the theater stuff. And like, and I love, I love direction like that. It's a very like this. Akadama's really impressed me. Um, Studio Perot, do more like this. Yeah, please, please. do more seasonal yeah, shows it's... and do more originals that like have the time to you know develop and be really good and have like good productions. Please? An absolute Please. stellar animation like this. Genuinely um, was confused when I first when I saw the first couple episodes. I'm like, wait, this is Piro? This is Studio. What? Damn! When they try, right. they can. When they try, they can make things look real good. Oh, oh, they have done a great, exceptional work in the past. Like they they've done exceptional work, uh, but. Uh, uh, they're all over the place at some, yeah. at, at they, some point. They don't let most of their productions breathe, which is the big issue. Yeah, yeah. Speaking yeah. of stuff about, uh, let's uh, speaking of, let's. Uh, I think I think we're all done with uh, simulcast. I think we pretty much covered. I, I want to talk about one more thing, and it's right. specifically Matthew. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is Higarashi? Okay, uh, uh, Higar- it's something. Higarashi is. Um, I, I I I love it. First off, holy shit! This this <laughs> sequel thing 
I'm so I'm gonna say this, and this is just be, and this isn't any spoilers, but this is also kind of it looks like what they're setting up to. Uh, they're setting this is Umineko. There is so much influence from Umineko in this season that I wouldn't be surprised if it's leading directly into the beginning of Umineko. I have nothing to say here because I have no knowledge of Umineko unlike you two, so I'm staying out of this. Very little I as well. All I know is the original <laughs> anime. That. That's all I've seen of everything I've known of it. Oh, okay. And I so, was not a fan. I was not a fan no, of the anime of no, Umineko. It sucks. So. It's terrible. But so two things you you should know. Uh, one, the most important thing, Umineko is a direct sequel to Higurashi. A direct sequel. Um, and two, characters in Higurashi show up and are major characters in some of the question arcs of Umineko. Hmm. Specifically but, stuff with Rika. Yes. She, oh, yeah. she shows up. Uh, but yeah, so it seems like they might actually be setting up Umineko in this season, in this series, because I just keep on getting little glimpses of stuff. You see the witch in the OP. That's the yeah. big thing. Um, you see the witch. Um, and okay. I also, I Shane, are you caught up on Higurashi? What episode are you on? I have not seen the most recent episode six that came out yesterday as of recording. Okay. Um, I'm at I the very not, start of the Shion arc. Okay, because that's why I am too, and I want to. I want to mention this to Shane because I want to know if he picked it up too. Did you notice that Keiichi gave the the like the the stuffed animal to Mion and mm-hmm. not Reina? Yeah, yep, she, yep. He did. did you pick up on that? Mm-hmm. That means this arc's gonna go completely different. Mm-hmm. This it, the catalyst is, did not happen, which means I'm very curious to see where it goes. I am extremely curious. I don't know where this is going. I don't know. Uh, I don't even know if that was Mion or Shion. I have a feeling I, that that was Mion and not Shion because I know how both of them act. Yeah, and that was point, not yeah. Shion. <laughs> like I'm pretty no, sure. Which which is impressive on itself. So God, I've seen Higurashi too much. <laughs> like I've oh, seen it they, so often. Oh, they, so I know I, um, exactly everything. I'll let Spencer go before I add my point, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just the hit man. Fucking Higurashi is so good. Like they straight up could have just made this just like a remaster, like a port, which is better animation, and I would be fine with it. I, I would watch it. But the fact that this is genuine new stuff, sequel shit, blows me away. That they, that um, O seven still has this many new ideas for this series. Remember when we all thought this was just going to be a straight remake? Yeah, for you, but it, it it pulled a Final Fantasy VII remake on us, and it's kind um, of completely different. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Like I, I, I love that. I now don't know what to expect now. I don't know what to expect now, and now I'm kind of like I want to know where it goes. I really want to know where it goes, God. and I'm hoping, and I'm hoping that it doesn't. I hope and it doesn't disappoint because Higurashi, whenever it kept. For a while, after Kai finished, it kind of... Uh, so, like, it never recaptured the original the glory of that first 50 episodes. 
Uh, I'm hoping, because right now, this is the first time Higurashi's really felt like Higurashi in, like, over a decade. And I'm really, really happy about that. I'm hoping they don't drop the ball on it by the end. I just want to I just want to add one more thing to the Higurashi pool. What? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, is this about Shion? Pass Shion flexing that interspecies reviewer's work on Shion. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they are. Uh, Pashoin has done at G series before, before interspecies reviewers. They've done a lot of that. Uh, Did so. you see the fact that the subtitles go around her bust? They do. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, they, the subtitles. We don't. Go, like, we don't want to obstruct what you're really looking exactly. at. Exactly. They, they know. They know they, exactly. They understand. What um. I guess that and uh, fucking hypnosis mi- microphone might be one of the most unironic good shows of the season. It's is anybody else? Is, is it's shocking else to me that it's as good as it is. Quite frankly, I watched did it for see, the memes did every you see time. The Ghostbusters episode. I have not, but I've heard it's incredible, bro. In both good and bad ways. Isn't it Flame Posse? It's Flame Posse's episode, yes. Of course, the fucking, of course it's fucking Flame Posse with the Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters and uh, fucking also not. And also, dude, the guy speaks in Shakespearean English. I just, every episode that comes out from this series, I go, there's no way it can get stupider than, than last episode. Might as well just no call him Shakespeare because he's about to bust a nut up in here. You know what I'm saying, boys? That that makes zero sense. I'm a fan of Shakespeare. Shut up. Made zero Shut also, up also, Shane, his rapping name is Phantom. Thank you very much. I see. Okay. Get it? Because he's the Phantom? Of the opera. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, you have Phantom, you have Dead or Alive, and you have uh, Easy R. <laughs> Easy R? Oh, fuck. I Is forgot. Be- That's my favorite one. What? I forgot. Matthew. What? And also, I, I guess Shane as well, but this is more f- for Matt. Uh, minor spoiler for the actual story of Hype Mike. It's a sci-fi I figured because Please it's tell me the they're rapping aliens. Please. They're not rapping aliens, but what if, if I told you... robots. What if, uh, not yet, but what if I told you there was clones? Not yet? What if I told what? you there was cloning happening? And some of the people might not be who they say they are. Oh, oh. my fucking god! Okay. Thank you. Uh, I'm, exo- I'm so excited. <laughs> Most anticipated that's, show that's, of all time. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay. Uh, I found the cyber pubs before uh, Mike melts my brain. Um, so cyber pubs. Uh, there's a couple of show. There's a couple of manga that I think multiple a a couple of us want to talk about i'm gonna start for shane because i know he's probably gonna want to talk about some things oh i thought we were gonna start with spencer because we don't know if spencer's really reading much oh yeah uh okay let's start with spencer then um spencer are you caught up on things i'm caught up on things i'm caught up on we'll start with what i'm recently caught up on uh black clover 
That's the big one I want to talk about. So. Okay, then we'll skip that for now. Uh, I'm also caught up on My Hero and on Jujutsu Kaisen. Both insane, right. as always. Yeah, uh, uh, my my hero. I want to wait till the arc is over. I think it's probably gonna be o- if if reports are true, it's gonna be over in like three chapters. Yeah, it feels so, like it's gonna be soon. So yeah, but it, it, it's it's bonkers. That's all you need to know. And Jujutsu and Kaisen, Kaisen, I am not caught holy up. Holy shit, Shane! I, <laughs> you got I am. All I got. Bro, Black Flash, bro. Mm, Black Flash. Ooh. Black. Flash. I am currently. I am currently. Uh, what I'm doing is I haven't done this in a while. I've, I've I've done this in a while. I did it with a couple of anime in the past, but I am instead, um, I am watching. I am reading the manga as I'm watching it. So whatever chapters they cover in the anime, I'm gonna read, and then so that way when the anime is done, you I'll can just be, pick it up from there and get caught up. Yeah. So I'll be at the wherever the anime is at. That's where I am in the manga. I so, want to know I'll, how much they're actually going to adapt. Because uh, they're adapting like so. two. They're adapting two to three chapters an episode. Uh, uh, okay, so, so they'll probably get. Uh, I, I did. I did some big. I did some big brain galaxy calculation. Brain. Boop, 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 boop. Remember when I did the galaxy brain calculations for my hero, and I got the got the. I got it kind of accurate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's likely that they're in the curse train. They're in the training stuff right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Give that, yeah. give that like another episode, and then the rest of this core is going to be the Mahito stuff. Um, yeah, setting up uh, Mahito. My yeah. guess is that this is likely going to end with the Kyoto Goodwill stuff. Uh, okay, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, like chapter fifty-four uh, mm-hmm. is where I think it's going to end because right after that, apparently is like, what is like a big arc. That's like 10, that's like fucking eight fucking chapters. So, um, uh, yeah, it's the origin okay. obedience, which is 10, then star plasma, which is 14. And then the current Shibuya incident, right. arc, which is Shibuya like fucking <laughs> It's ongoing. Fucking... I, I love loading up, shonen jump every week to see what part of the shibuya incident they're on guess what that's, they're on pit part like 47 <laughs> that's my favorite of uh fucking the um what's the manga's name um gigi no gigi no kitaro no, no kitaro it's not gotuge is it uh no that's um no uh it's no it's gigi akatami uh akatami, oh, I was right. like, okay <laughs> Shane, Shane was right. We're just dumb. Yeah, we're just dumb. Uh, but uh, Gigi Akatane, um, I love how he, there's just no actual chapter titles. It's just name of arc and then the part. Name of arc and whatever part it is. <laughs> and you're just like, yeah. okay. No, that's how you do He's just lazy. We're on part uh, 86 of the Shibuya incident. <laughs> yes, we are. We're going to keep going. But yeah, I think it's going to end like chapter 54-ish. I did some calculations. I think that would be, like, that's probably where it's going to end. Give or that take, a, a me, give or take one or two chapters ahead or before just to like, just to give me like uh, some wiggle room. Yeah, um, but genuinely, I think that, that the Kyoto Goodwill would probably be the best just because of the It's 24, so that makes the most sense for me to wear it. Yeah, it's plus it's end. one of those arcs. You know what I'm saying, yeah, Spence? Yeah, oh, I know what you're saying. Right. Um, Shane, is there any series you want to talk about? <laughs> I have three in particular that I want to talk about that I've been reading lately. Um, 
start off with the the, the least interesting uh, Golden Kamui. I've been reading the manga from the it's beginning. Golden it's Golden Kamui. <laughs> um, I just I'm on chapter thirty one now, uh, just after the uh, Tetsuzo Nihei, the uh, Wolf Hunter arc, and uh, not much to say there other than like the manga's great, like uh, <laughs> art's fantastic, uh, panel composition is dope Stellar. as shit. And it's it, that's all I have. To, it's golden. What what more do I have to say? <laughs> golden Conway. It's just golden Conway. Um, which of the other two should I talk about first? What's the What's the other two? Um, well, th- there's the old one. There's the old one, and then the old old one. <laughs> Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, start off with One Piece because yeah. Okay. Um, don't know what happened. I just had an urge to start reading One Shane, Piece again. Shane just loves One Piece. That's what you gotta know. He thinks that Guys, it's the best thing he's ever made. I love One Piece. <laughs> that's not that's surprising. I One Piece really might One Piece. actually be like the best piece of fiction ever written. <laughs> like, I put no I put joke. it in our I put it in our side chat and. Let, let me grab it, like, the exact quote. It's like... Where is it? The way Oda balances his tones, his characters, his paneling, his art! His fucking art, dude! Where the hell is it? What? It was something along the lines of, you ever just sit there reading one piece and think this is the greatest piece of literature ever written? <laughs> <laughs> there it is. It is. You know that feeling when you you know that feeling you get when you read one piece and you're like, this is the single greatest piece of literature ever conceived. <laughs> Cause it is. It kind of is. <laughs> it's so good. Shade is rereading it because why not? Pretty just, much. Why not? Just I just had a craving. He knows what I happens. He knows. <laughs> I know everything. But, I don't care. <laughs> I'm just doing yeah. it. Uh, and then there's the other one. Talk about the actual one that you're like the actual one, like the one that you're reading for the first time. Shaman King. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't know where this came from either. <laughs> I, I was, was it hype for the new anime? Maybe that, and also I noticed that all of the volumes are available to read for free on Amazon. So I just downloaded <laughs> all of them, and I was like. I've heard really good things about Shaman King, but I've never, A, never read it, and B, never seen the original anime. So I thought, why the heck not? Um, so I read the first volume, which is the first eight chapters, and oh boy! Shaman King is so good. I read Shaman King years ago, um, and I finished it. I have finished Shaman King to completion twice. Um... And it's been a while since I've read it, uh, admittedly, like reread it for a third time. I might do it again, though, because uh, Shaman King is, in my opinion, like a pillar of shonen manga. It is fucking excellent. It is fucking excellent across the board. Shaman King is and so fucking good, dude. <laughs> it's so good. The power system is cool. The main character is fantastic. Um, uh, fucking the supporting cast is complicated and three-dimensional and it has a lot of like layers to them you know the, uh, the the moment i realized that i was going to love shaman king fall in love with it was in the second chapter 
when they take what in most other uh, shonen series would be a one-off supporting character that doesn't get a lot to do, doesn't have much development, and give him a fully fleshed-out backstory that's tragic and really develops his character and gives you a sense of who he is and what his motivations are, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be one of those, huh? <laughs> and every supporting character is like that, and I love that. I love how, like... I also, I did not realize that when you said that, you weren't kidding because I've seen, you know how in the volumes, uh, at the beginning of the volumes, they'll have, like, character lists? Yeah. I've seen the one from the final volume, and <laughs> the fucking wooden sword Ryu is still in the character list. And he I'm like, is, yeah. This was just, like, a, I thought he was just, like, a one-off, like, Yakuza. No, he isn't. Bad He's a major stop. player. He's one of the best characters, too, because his development, I'm not going to spoil it, goes unexpected places that, that you will be shocked by. Um, the, and my favorite, my two favorite things about Shaman King, though, I don't know if you've gotten to yet. One is the fact that Shaman King is an FMA situation where there is no arc. It's just one giant story for 300 chapters yeah i definitely have not gotten to that point where it becomes apparent yet because it is one massive story and i fucking love that i think more shonen need to be like that quite frankly i love arc based stuff but it gets tiresome um yeah because in the the first volume is very self-contained for the most part up until chapter i think <laughs> up until chapter six it's mostly just oh, like monster of the week stuff where they're the yo and, yo they and the gang up, wait until they start bringing stuff back from like chapter three into like like chapter like 200 something. can't wait yeah but the first volume is pretty self-contained mostly monster of the week where yo and the gang uh fight like <laughs> one-off spirits or they do like they fix random problems, and then Ren shows up. Mm-hmm. Ren is the coolest motherfucker. Ren's great, and he's not even the best like character on the show. He has a manga. Chinese warlord as a stand. That's kind I of love radical. It. It's yeah, uh, Sha- cool. King is so good. Like my favorite thing about this is, um, aside from the artwork, which is excellent. Um, is the fact that it gives me, it, it, it feels like a bunch of other shonen to me just mixed into one. I'm getting vibes of like One Piece, Yu-Gi-Oh, Yu Yu Hakusho, uh, there's some, uh, other stuff in there. Like I'm, I'm feeling a little bit of a Hunter Hunter vibe too. It's like, it blends all these different tones and styles and feelings into one, but nothing ever feels out of place or forced. And mm-hmm. I love that. Like, and it's hitting nostalgia on so many different levels, but none of it feels like it's like pandering, you know? Yeah. And my favorite thing about it is you haven't gone to yet. Cause I don't oh, think jo- you've met him yet. Jojo too. Cause like all the spirits are basically standing. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite thing about it is the villain. Um, yeah, haven't 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 figured out a main villain yet. Oh, when you meet him, he is my favorite shonen villain of all time. That's big praise coming from you. <laughs> yeah, uh, because he is. It's a perfect. Okay, my favorite thing about Sh- is he, or at the very least, he's one of my favorites. Uh, particularly because he gets so much development, and he gets a he gets development on the same level as our protagonist. Um, so they the kind of, same so, re- so him and Yo kind of develop alongside each other. It's a lot. Saying. It's a lot like 
I cr- it's like if you love Midoriya and Shigaraki's development together in MHA, Say it's no a lot more. like that. It's a lot like that. Um, it's a lot like that. Um, and that's why I love Shigaraki so much, and that's why I love uh, the villain and Sean McGann. I don't want to spoil him because he's a big fucking walking spoiler. Um, Spencer knows who he is if, you, if you've seen the original series. Yep, I've seen um, the original series. So you know who I'm talking about then. Oh, I know um, who you're talking about. Uh, but yeah, Shaman King's great. Uh, but I want to talk about Black Clover. Yeah, please talk uh, about Black Clover. Really good right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, so Black Clover, Tabata. I love how Tabata specifically, before I get into like the cool stuff that's in this like section, because there's a lot, but Tabata let's just, yeah, impresses let's just take a second me. to like heap praise on this man because he I, really I, I, deserves I, He impresses it. me for like telling backstories in like the smallest amount of time and giving you everything you need to know. He does like as much as I love One Piece, Oda takes like fucking 20 chapters to tell a backstory. Um, and I get it because there's a lot of detail in his like backstories and his world building. Looking at you, Odin. <laughs> uh, Odin. But like, let's. But like, Tabata is able to give like the same amount of depth to a backstory in two chapters, in like a chapter and a half, actually. Um, yeah. With uh, with uh, Libe, the 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 demon. I was demon. gonna say, how do you pronounce his name? Is it Lieb? Is it Libe? It's Libe. It's Libe. It's Libe. It's Libe, um, which, it would, by it, the way, would... yep. I love Libe. Um, I love Libe. I think he's fantastic. Uh, one of my, I think, the the decision to make the demon inside of Asta sympathetic is really great. Um, and he's basically a demon because, Asta. Yeah. Um, and. I, I I love Libe a lot. I there's the I'm not feeling the vice captain's personality yet, but his design's really cool, and he turns into a bloodborne character. He so turns that's always into a bloodborne hunter. That that is <laughs> that, that image is literally what made me get caught up on Black Clover because it's um, the coolest fucking thing you've ever his, seen his in your design. Life. I think that Noct is cool. Um, I think that Noct is. <laughs> We interesting. He looks like a he looks like a character Johnny Young Bosch would play. Oh, hundred percent. Could be voiced by John. <laughs> Wait, no. Wait. But he's not. He can't be because he fucking be Zora's voiced by Johnny Young yeah. Bosch. Also, speaking of which, where the fuck is Zora? <laughs> he's in the what? he's in the he's in the Spade Kingdom. He's right, with right. Uh, fucking um. He's with yeah. Magna. Fucking being a spy, which you send the two worst fucking people to do that. Yeah, I'm two, sorry. The two you most. <laughs> how the the only Zora could probably that, do it actually. Yeah, the like, only way that it would have been worse is if you would have sent Bogna being Magna and Luck. Magna and Luck. Or or <laughs> the, the as idiots. they were called in the original uh translation or in the bad t- translation, uh Magna was still Magna, but Luck was Rack. <laughs> Fucking okay. Uh but but yeah, no, Zora's in the Spade Kingdom, but yeah. Black Clover's really good right now, and I am... Rip our boy. And Rip also, our boy, Yami. Um, Yami's not dead, though. He's Yami's not dead. Him. Also, you, you're you both, like, fully caught up, right? Yes. On Black Clover, yes. Asta's mother? Yeah. That, yeah, that's pretty... I'm pretty fucking sure that's Asta's mom. It's not confirmed yet, but it's, it's pretty heavily obvious. heavily implied, though. 
it's pretty obvious, I think. I, I don't think it's something that they're uh, hiding. Um, and oh. she's great. I love her. Um, mm-hmm. She's just like, I don't give I, a shit if you're a demon. Um, I'm going to love you like my own son. Son. And then, you know, it just so happens that this... this, this My magic... Help, I, I can live with you because my magic... Kills magic. People. <laughs> my magic i just absorb people she's she's a sponge she's a magic sponge she's she's basically like um oh uh, god what's his name uh the guy who is the black bull's hideout um oh yeah henry. He, she is henry that's oh my henry. god what if she's just a female version of henry all right tinfoil hat time Oh, Are you thinking theories? that, like, what if Henry is related to Asta in some way? There we go. That's what I was thinking. Because magic um, has been proven is passed down yeah. lineage. And, and it's, implied you have that all Li- the, uh... it's implied that Libe, it's implied that Libe was in the book for a lot longer than just one generation. He was in there for a fucking while. And yeah. so I that, that's why I'm like, that. The, so there's a chance, what if that she's not Asta's mother, but like her his descent, like one of his descendants, like he, he's one of her descendants, and Henry mm. is as well. And Henry's like related to Asta. That could work. Weird. I mean, they've but they've also they've done generational stuff before. You know, when they brought back the first um, the first Wizard King, the first the, w- the elf Wizard arc. King, and the Elf yeah, the first Wizard and, King, and uh, uh, um, and you know is you know is an elf. Uh, yeah, so, you know, you know he's, he's, also, he's also royalty. He's also yeah. prince. He's prince, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but also, th- before Noct showed up, just all the shit with like Charmy and um, with uh, Charmy and uh, Finral and like all that stuff that was happening in the Heart Kingdom was radical. Like. I don't, I genuinely, and I mean this, like, from the bottom of my heart, but I don't think Tabata gets enough credit for for the work that he does. He really does. Like, everybody, everybody heaps praise onto Horikoshi, and they heap Mm -hmm. praise onto Oda, and you know, those people deserve it, they're amazing mangakas, but nobody ever seems to look at Tabata, because... Not only is Black Clover's like storytelling exceptional, but the art, art is so to good be too. Gorgeous. Remember, guys, remember when earlier this year I like binged through all of Black Clover and I was losing my mind yep. at the art. Every yeah, single, you were losing every single chapter. I think Tabata has the best action scenes in the business right now. Okay, um, all, okay. Actually, I think Horikoshi might have him beat. Right yeah, now. I think Horikoshi has really stepped up his game lately. Yeah. I safe up his game, but I think consistently, like the way Tabata does movement is really impressive. The way he lays uh, his, the way he lays out his pages is like so genius. It's just so fluid how you like how your eye is just like led through. That's why he's able to panel. get so much information out and do so much visual storytelling correctly. Is because he is able to. He knows panel layout, so he can do like a massive plot twist in like one panel, and that's great. So, yeah, um, I think we're pretty much done with Simul Pubs. Actually, you didn't want to we... talk about uh, Kaisen's manga at all. Uh well, okay. 
Well, because I kind of already talked about, I kind of already did. I kind of like explained what I was doing. Uh, the only thing I have to say is that it's great, um, but uh, the art's a little wonky, at least at the start. I know it gets better. I've seen stuff in the recent it does, chapters. It does get better, and then there's a point. In... <sighs> Do you remember when it was, Spencer? It was near the beginning of the Shibuya arc, where it just kind of tanks for it... a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. I, ironically, it was... I think I prefer the animes art style a lot more it was the, at the, the beginning rest. of the shibuya arc for about three or four chapters, like three or four chapters the art tank. just tanks however during especially the the uh the he Kyoto was sick Goodwill then arc, by the way i learned that he was sick uh, when he was that makes those chapters that makes um, sense so um but, i'm not gonna uh, i won't i won't be hard on him he was sick so um but as it goes on, I, I think really it shows in the uh, Kyoto Goodwill stuff with the um, Mechamaru stuff, you know, in the, yeah. um, and Panda, who's a panda. I and... love him, by the oh, way. Oh, wait, yeah. So you, you I love him. Yeah, you've met I've met panda, him. I'm caught up on who both is a panda. Of, I'm caught up on the anime, so I have met Panda. Um, you've met my favorite character who speaks in uh um, sushi. Mm-hmm. Well, my favorite character is Gojo, and I don't think that's ever changing. Never so, gonna change. <laughs> it's so, wait until wait until you see what Gojo can actually do. Just wait until. Well, I know what he can actually do because someone spoiled it for me. So. Okay, because there's a reason why literally everybody's like, we need to go after this guy. He's or- literally a fuck. He creates black holes, bro. Mm-hmm. Like. It's even more than that, Matt. It's fucking <laughs> literally the he controls space and time. He's literally the most broken piece of shit, and I love him. Um, yes. Keep in mind, he's like the uh, fucking. I I love him. I think Gojo's great, but yeah, I think we're and done. The, I think yeah. I was just yeah. gonna say that cool. that um, Itadori's a good pro tag. Yeah, Yuji's great. Yeah, he is. Yuji's, Yuji's great. great. We love our little goofball. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's move now. now. Now let's move on to the news. Now, we got a lot, um, particularly because Japan and Netflix decided to have a bunch of events. Uh, they the just blew both of their loads. <laughs> uh, they, they, they just did that. So we're going to try to go through this as fast as we can. Um, thankfully, because they are in events, we can cover them like event by event. There's a couple of like, there's a couple of stragglers that aren't in the events, and I'll cover those first. Uh, but other than that, okay. we're pretty much like we can just go through the events. Bing, 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 bing. It should be too, it should be fast. They're all announcements, by the way, too. So it's going to be quick. Um, we have, and in terms of um, news stories, in terms of like individual ones, we have like sixteen. Um, which is quite the most we have ever had on the podcast. The most we have ever had. So let's just jump right into it then with our first piece of news, and that's about Uh, Mm -hmm. Kaguya-sama. Kaguya-sama, as predicted, will be getting a third season some point in the future. So the official Twitter account for the Kaguya-sama Love is War television anime announced on Sunday that the anime will get a third season as well as an OVA project. The OVA will launch in 2021. The franchise held an event on Sunday. Uh, Shane has yet to see the second season of Kaguya. Yeah. Let's I, all shame him right now. Yes, please um, shower not. me with your shame. Mm, I love shame. it. Shame. Shame. Um, 
you should watch it before the year is done. I definitely Please. will because it's going to be comedy of the year. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye. Um, no word on whether or not the third season is coming in 2021. Um, I don't think it will. Um, actually, I could see it. Maybe I don't think it's coming right away. I think probably like spring or something. Uh, but like. No, but yeah, and no word on any returning staff. We don't know if the staff is coming back. Um, I would imagine they would, though. I imagine they would. Um, our next piece of news is about our next piece of news is about uh, Go Hands. Uh, remember them? Yeah. <laughs> remember them? Uh, they're the creators oh, behind man. the critically acclaimed classic anime Handshakers. Um, and don't forget the classically acclaimed and Oscar-nominated winning uh, Wiz. Follow-up. Uh follow-up. Oh, and K. Um Yeah, I remember K. K was good, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, they're doing a new anime, specifically that they're going after they're doing clamp now, uh specifically with Tokyo Babylon. Um so let's read on. King Amusement Creative announced on its official YouTube channel on Monday that Clamp's Tokyo Babylon manga is inspiring the Tokyo Babylon 2021 television anime next year. The studio Go Hands is producing the brand new anime set in Tokyo in 2021. So they're adapting it for the modern day because this manga came out in the mid-90s. Um, uh, the, here's the original story as described by Dark Horse Comics. It's 1991, the last days of Japan's bubble economy and money and elegance run through the streets. And so do the currents of darkness beneath them, nourishing evil spirits that only the arts, arts of Unomoji, Japan's legendary occultics, can combat. Two of the most powerful uh, Unomoji uh, uno are in unlikely guises of a handsome young veterinarian, Seishiro, and the teenage heir to the ancient Sumeraki clan, Subaru Clant originally serialized the manga series in Shishoken's South and Monthly Wings magazines from 1990 to 1993. Tokyo Babylon, I've read this. I know for fucking sure that both of you have not. Nope. Uh, nope. Um, uh, I have read it. Tokyo Babylon is excellent. Um, it's one of my favorite Clamp manga. Um, and I love Clamp. I think Clamp doesn't get enough credit for the stuff they do. Uh, and Tokyo Babylon. What else is Clamp done? Subasa. Card Captor. Oh, uh, Subasa, okay. Card Captors, X. Okay. Um, uh, Angelic Lair, a um, bunch of other stuff. Um, okay, yeah, and I know you're talking about now. The designs for Code Geass. Um, uh, they have done a lot, and uh, I there is a trailer that came out for it, and it the you go hands. They're using their original style for it. So they're using the style they used in K and Tan Shakers and Wiz. They're doing the whole like 3D environment with 2D characters. Oh, I can't wait. Admitted, it looks a lot better than Handshakers and Wiz. It looks more like K. Probably which because is a good... Clamp like slapped them on the wrist and said, no. Back they changed their design. They're not Clamp designs anymore. They're like they look like K designs. They changed them. Huh. Um uh, probably to make them is make the I I don't know how to feel about this adaptation personally um, because I'm a big fan of Tokyo Babylon and I would love to see it get like a full adaptation because it never had never got one um, but I don't know if I, I don't want it to be this uh, if it's if because I, I this could bomb really easily if it if it doesn't work out. Um, and those are the only two stragglers we got. Um, the rest is all 
uh, just event stuff. We're going to start with the big event first, which is Netflix. Mm, Netflix. Um, Netflix. So Netflix. Are you feeling okay? Like, do you need to talk? Was there a reason to drop all of this at once? Uh, yeah, we're going to. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So, yeah, the Netflix uh, a ton. I'm, I'm assuming we're going to be talking about a few of the trailers that they showed off, too. I'm assuming you guys have seen them because I posted them in the Discord yeah, chat. Yeah, I saw them. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, the first, so we're gonna talk. So I'm gonna talk about all the big, the big ones. Now, so what happened is Netflix had a big event where they just covered, they announced and revealed a bunch of anime. Uh, we're not gonna cover all of them. We're just gonna cover the big, like the biggest announcements. So let's start off with the big, one of the bigger announcements, which was Eden. Uh, we talked about Eden a while ago, long time I, ago. Like I think like two years, like I think last year. I think we talked about Eden. Uh, but if we finally got more info on it, so uh, and we got a release date and we got a trailer. Uh, 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 it's being directed by Yasuhiro Ide, Ide, who's directing the anime Cubic Pictures and CGCG, uh, and it's being written by uh, Kumi, uh, it's being written by Kumiko Ueno, who worked on Royal Tutor, um, and it's also got character designs from Toshihiro Kawamoto, who worked on both. Noragami and Cowboy Bebop, um, and music by Kevin Pankin, the boy himself. Ah, yes, um, the man, the myth, good old Kev. Um, so everyone saw the trailer for Eden. Mm-hmm. Um, what did y'all mm-hmm. think of Eden? Looks real uh, cute and wholesome, and I dig it. And the CG is really good too. Yeah, it's surprisingly uh, good. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I'm solid. Uh, it's from the director of FMA Brotherhood, so you know that's that's the big thing. So, uh, uh, it looks great. It looks cute, Spencer. Any quick thoughts on Eden? No, just it, it it looks good. I'm excited for it. Yeah. Yeah. It premieres in May 2021 and it's going to be only four episodes. So it's really short. Yeah. So it's a limited uh, series. Yeah. Which means d- watch this in a day. Uh, like, I'm just going to take a day and binge watch this. Our next, um, uh, they also, uh, Netflix also, uh, we're going to get the bit tr- like the, the ones with trailers out of the way because those are the ones that, uh, uh, the big ones. Uh, let's talk about High Rise Invasion. Um, specifically, Ooh. High Rise Invasion. Uh, Netflix, uh, so they released a trailer for this, um, which High Rise Invasion is based on a manga by uh, Suina Muria, who is also the guy who did Ajin, uh, which is on Netflix. If you have not seen Ajin, uh, Ajin I don't know how good it is. I haven't seen it either. Um, uh, but I've heard it's good. Um and this is being directed by Masahiro Takata, who did a bunch of anime I've never heard of. Um, and he's directing it at zero G. And the person writing it is Toko Machida, who's best known for doing the disappearance of Nagato Yuki-chan, which oh. is that, uh, which is that surprisingly really good Harley spinoff that came out a couple years ago. Um, uh, so definitely check that one out. Uh, so I'm assuming again. Y'all saw the trailer for this. Oh, Shane, yes. what did you think of High Rise Invasion? Because this reminded me a lot of Mariah Nikki, actually. I'm not going to of... say it looks good, but it is hitting all of those sweet spots for me. I love death game trash, and if this <laughs> turns out to be one of those shows, I will eat this shit up. It reminds me of like, Mariah Nikki, actually. That is, yeah, um, that, that, that's the big thing. It definitely reminds me of Future Diary. 
uh, and a little bit of Darwin's game too. But yeah, uh, it looks it looks better than Darwin's game. I'll give it that. It looks better. Darwin's than Darwin's game, game was good. Okay, it was good. It was good. I'm not. I'm not saying it wasn't good. With that, it wasn't said, amazing, but it was. Oh God, it was. It not was amazing, really. But it was. It was just dumb. Dumb. It was fun. Good fun. It was dumb good fun, and this looks like dumb good fun. I am a little concerned that it's zero G because they have a track record of not yeah. great stuff. Um, like they are the people behind, they are the, uh, uh, they are the, uh, like in terms of just uh, like stuff they've done. Uh, they have, um, they're very inconsistent. Um, they're very, very inconsistent. Um, and and nothing in the trailer, like in terms of visuals, blew me away. Uh, that's what I no. noticed. Um, by the way, it's a big GOG's big thing that they've done is they did Grand Blue a couple years ago. Um, oh, okay. that was good. Grand Blue was good. Yeah, Grand Blue was good. Yeah. Um, but uh, but uh, I'm looking forward to this. This comes out in February of 2021. Uh, so it's the most recent of the shows we're covering that come out. So it will be right in the winter season. So uh, right in the middle of the winter season. Our next trailer is for is for uh, our next trailer was they showed was for Spriggan, um, uh, which is the new which is the new series uh, from David Production. Yeah. Um, uh, the are full CG series, um, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, which is an interesting choice. Uh, Hiroshi Kobayashi is directing. He's a guy who directed several episodes of Kill a Kill and was the assistant director on Rage of Bahamut Genesis. If you've not seen Rage of Bahamut Genesis, go do that. Um, hey, Mappa. Um, and Hiroshi Seko, who is the writer who writes fucking everything nowadays, is writing it. He's the mob psycho, Attack on Titan, Jujutsu Kaisen, uh, Literally everything, guys. So all the good shit. Uh, yeah. Hiroshi Seko is like the guy, go-to guy right now. He was also... Oh, Inuyashiki. Um, fucking Seraph the End. Vinland Saga. Yeah, so all um, the good shit. Yeah, all the good shit. Uh, so Spriggan looks awesome. I'm just saying that hey, right now. It looks fucking do guys, great. Like, do you guys like SCP type stuff? Uh, I don't know what SCP is. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Really? You never heard of SCP? Oh, like, the, the, uh, the video game? Or the, the yeah, basically the world type stuff. Because that's basically what Spriggan is about. It's about the Cold War, and there's like these mysterious and unknown art- artifacts called out-of-place artifacts, or <laughs> oop art for short. And <laughs> it leads, yeah, and it leads to a secret war between like various forces against in a corporation that plans to uh, protect... It quote unquote protect all the Uparts in order to prevent them from being used as weapons. This this came out in 1989. The manga did. Yeah. Uh, so this is this it is actually the first time it's getting a full adaptation. By the way, it got a movie back in like 2000, in like in like 1998. Um, uh, but yep. it's it's um gonna get, it's gonna get a full adaptation. Shane, what did you think of the Spriggan trailer? Because I fucking loved it. Listen, they released a trailer that was like a minute long that didn't show anything other than one shot of a really cool looking dude who spun around at the camera and punched it, and that's all I needed. That's all I needed to sell me on this, okay? Because it looks fucking rad. <laughs> 
Yeah, and it, and I believe this is full CG too. It looks like it is. If it is, and it's the same caliber as that teaser, it, it I think it's going to turn out pretty well. Yeah. Um. Because honestly, I'm a big fan of stuff like this. Um. OG like old school '80s seinen manga. Like, yes, mm-hmm. please. Like, this is this reminds me of like the old days of just kind of like the late like the '90 like the like early to mid '90s when like really like adult OVAs were like like uh, like were like the norm for anime fans at the time so like stuff like uh stuff like uh, pat labor and uh, gunbuster mm, gunbuster um, gunbuster if anyone's seen have you seen gunbuster i know yeah. spencer's yeah. seen all of it i've seen some gunbuster of it. is amazing if you've not seen if you're an ava fan do yourself a favor and watch gunbuster katsudekiano um, and it's Ava before Ava without the depression. Um, cool. <laughs> and it's just as well directed as Ava too. Do you want to see Ano just absolutely fucking kill it in terms of direction and show you how it's done? Watch Gunbuster. Um, it's great. Um, however, I'm leaving out the biggest trailer for last because they, because they, they dropped the massive bombshell because they showed the trailer for Godzilla singular point. Oh it my! Looks incredible. Um, I, if you guys don't know what this, if anyone re- if watching it doesn't know what this is, one, you clearly haven't been watching the podcast, uh, listening to the podcast, because uh, we've been raving about this. Uh, but uh, this is the Bones and Orange co-production, uh, which is being directed by Atsushi Taka- uh, Takahashi, who directed the Blue Exorcist movie. Um, and he will be directing this series at Spones and Orange, uh, and it's being written by Toho Injone, uh, who is a uh, uh, a high-profile Japanese screenwriter who has never worked on an anime before, uh, but this is the first time he's doing it. The creator of Blue Exorcist, Kazuki Kato, is doing the character designs. Uh, Ije Yanomori, who is the key animator on Princess Mononoke, Spirit of the Way, Wind Rises is working on it, and he's designing all the kaiju. And they also announced, by the way, that um, that uh, the people that they also announced that uh, the uh, the guy behind the character designs for Excel Saga is going to be working on it too. Mm. Um, so they released the trailer, Shane. What did you think of it? Like, uh, anime of the year for 2021? Like, let me, let me just put it this way. When you hear about the production of this thing and all of the, the people that are involved, that trailer pretty much sums up how you would think a series with all these people involved would turn out. AKA, it looks fucking dope. Yeah, it looks so good. Uh, it looks so good. I love the way they blend CG and and 2D in the trailer. Already looks incredible. Like of, it looks genuinely fantastic. And of course, the CG looks phenomenal because it's orange. So yeah. Um, and it's and Sven, now Spencer is the world's biggest Godzilla fan. So uh, he saw this trailer and lost his shit. Jet uh, Jaguar you- is back, baby. <laughs> Jet fucking Jaguar. He was, in one Godzilla he was in one Godzilla movie, which was Godzilla versus Megalon from, I think it was 1978. And that is where the famous Godzilla dropkick comes from. 
in which Jet Jaguar is holding Megalon uh, by his arms, and Godzilla goes, <laughs> and then runs up and slides on his tail and drop kicks him, and Jet Jaguar's like, yeah, and fucking hyping him up. There was Jet Jaguar, there was Rodan, there was on on Gira, like there was Godzilla showed up. Um, you who- think we're gonna okay? This is a question for both of y'all. Will Mecha Godzilla show up in this? I hope. Yes, I pray to yes. God. <laughs> I swear. I swear. And I said this, and I'm gonna stand by this. Singular Point is not a made-up name. Mm-hmm. Like you don't just pick that name out of random, out of nowhere. I think they're gonna be pulling from the entire mythos. I think we might get fucking space Godzilla. I think we might get. Well, we um, get the American Godzilla, not the '89 one. Are we talking about one. Zilla? We're talking about We're Zilla. Talk, no, no, the MonsterVerse with the current one, the big, like the one that the Japanese audience is called Fat. Oh, um, that one. Uh, probably. Uh, we'll get Gadzuki. Um, <laughs> fucking the mini Godzilla. Baby Godzilla. We'll get. Uh, hopefully, we'll get Gigan. We're 100% getting King Ghidorah as well. Like King Ghidorah will get Mothra probably. Will we'll we get, will we get, will we get, get the Godzilla hero from Two Heroes? I forgot he existed, Shane. Uh, I forgot. I don't he know if his name was actually Godzilla. It was something. It was some. It was like the name. Kai. It was. He was the Kaiju hero. That's all I know yeah. about him. Um. Um, I'm excited for this, though. I'm really excited for this. Um, Will we get Son of Mothra? Literally, the only thing that could make it better is if they put in the the like 1954 Godzilla theme. Yeah, I hope that we also have good human characters because that what kills a lot of Godzilla stuff. Yep, they, um, the humans are boring and uninteresting. Was it uh, just me, or did the guy with the white hair in that trailer fucking look like? Um, Gintoki. <laughs> he does. To be fair, though, I actually already like the human designs a lot, uh, which helps. I mean, it's that's it's the thing I was. That, that's what killed. That's what killed again Orobuchi's Godzilla trilogy for me is that the human characters just weren't interesting. It's um, blue Exodus designs, so you know they're going to look good. Yeah. So the characters here already are more interesting just from design and the way they were in the trailer. So if they have good human characters, also, also the girl character kind of looks like that one, the, the, the main girl from, uh, fully Cooly alternative, just with her hair done up. She really does. Um, she really does. Also, it has a massive cast and a cool, and of course has a couple government officials in it. Cause it's not a Godzilla story without a bunch of incompetent government officials. We need to destroy uh, the Godzilla. Press oh, okay. all the buttons. Or do, yeah. or, do what Shin Godzilla did and have half the movie be about uh, the the people debating about what to do for, about Godzilla as Godzilla's just destroying the town. Um, Ono really hates government. Uh, yeah. but- <laughs> also, this is a, a the the composer hasn't worked on a lot of stuff, but they did the composition for uh, they did the music for Grave of the Fireflies. Yeah, they did. It's a it's a he's a uh, fucking. Um, uh, he's a, um, he's mainly a, uh, Ghibli guy. Yeah. Um, uh, so he, uh, again, hard, uh, lots of stuff. Uh, Netflix also announced a bunch of stuff. They also announced that they picked up in a bunch of stuff and showed off a bunch of anime that don't have trailers. So we're going to get the, these out of the way real quick. Um, first one, 
uh, as they announced that they're doing an adaptation of a manga that I've read a bit of and I really loved, which is The Way of the House Husband. Yes. Um, uh, mm-hmm. It will be... Um, which is, this uh, the anime adaptation will be directed by Chuck Cohn, who directed uh, Higurashi, <laughs> um, as well as uh, Salem and Crystal season three. Mm. Uh, the best oh, the season, best the ones, the actual good one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, 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 I'm a kind crystal. Uh, I'm kind of a crystal apologist, actually. Um, I think all of it is pretty good, uh, but that's the best season by far. Um, at JC staff, and it'll be written by Susumu. Uh, a uh, Yamakawa, who is a comedy writer who is best known uh, for working, who, who is uh, who has uh, worked on a bunch of stuff, specifically that of, let me, uh, uh, he worked on Bass Street Girls uh, recently. Oh. Okay, that show. Yeah, which wasn't great. Um, uh, which, which wasn't great. But he was also, <laughs> but he also worked on um, Kataro. Uh, the most recent one as well. Hey, so Kataro's good. Yeah, Kataro's mm-hmm. good. The way of the house husband follows a retired Yakuza member known as Immortal Tatsu, who is living out his post-kind career as a house husband. He still manages to find his way into trouble from time to time, except now it's in the grocery store instead of some back alley. So imagine... So <laughs> the, the comedic premise for this is gold, because it's literally like, imagine like Yakuza, the video game, like the slice of like segments just as a whole show like that's all you need to know imagine a a a gripping yakuza drama but instead of being about yakuza in like a back alley it's about a person who's trying to find bread at on aisle two that's literally there's an entire entire chapter about how like he doesn't know because he's a yakuza boss he thinks everything as like the yakuza so like He's trying to go through like an aisle and actually do the groceries, and he's just like he can't fathom the idea of buying food. It's so funny. Like this is a it, the series is hilarious. Like it's really funny. Highly recommend it. And I actually can't wait for this because this is this is def- this is like one of those like just comedic gold premises that is that's well worth it. Um, they also announced that they picked up JoJo, mm-hmm. a JoJo thing. Uh, specifically, uh, thus spoke Kishibe Rohan, uh, the OVA series. Did uh, they all four episodes will premiere in spring of 2021 exclusively on Netflix and will be dubbed as well. Um, that, oh, that's unfortunate, actually, now that I think about it. Why? Because you know who voices Rohan in the dub. Yeah. Um, although I'm pretty sure he'll, he'll probably be recast because they felt. <laughs> actually. Unless they're not that, going that to. That whole thing happened while part four was being dubbed. It was like near the beginning. Oh yeah, Bane Zoom, not never, Bane Zoom never stopped their thing with him. Um, it's possible. Now again, it's possible things might change um, with this. Who knows? Um, just get just, just get Johnny Young Bosch. I don't watch JoJo dubbed anyway, so it's not a huge Fair deal. Enough. Fair enough. Either do I. But still, uh, I watched the first... Uh, two parts dubbed and yeah, I mean, the part four's dub is actually really good. But, uh, part four dubbed is really good. Yeah, though, it is. So. Part three was also, where they started to get good with it. How dare you say that part one and two's dub is bad? It is not bad. Part two's dub is really good, actually. Yeah, I'll um, give you that. Part one, uh, I wasn't. Well, part, part, one. part one is purposely kind of bla- bad, but on like purpose because it's funny. Yeah. Um, and I love I love the fake like British accents. They're so great. Um. And our fi- and the final thing, Netflix, uh, the final 
major thing Netflix announced was Vampire in the Garden, which is an original from Studio well, Witch Studio. Um, they showed a couple of screenshots from it. Uh, it's being directed by Ryo, uh, Ryotaro Makiha- uh, Makihara, who directed Empire Corpses, as well as will be and will be. And there's no writer on it right now. Um, uh, but there is, but it's interesting because the art director is the person who, who was the art director on Attack on Titan and JoJo, uh, which I love. Uh, mm. The story, uh, the story, the anime tells the story of two girls named Momo and Fine who are from different backgrounds who meet by chance. Uh, the story about an unlikely friendship between human and vampire race that intertwines with the power of music. We know nothing else oh, about it's a music this show, but about vampires and two girls who become friends. It's Carol on Tuesday, probably, but with <laughs> it's Carol on Tuesday, but with a vampire. Um, I'm watching. I'm gonna vampire. watch. I'll watch this. I'll watch this. Whatever. Uh, um, I'm down for this because you know, Wit Studio is Wit Studio, and they're pretty solid. In any case, let's move on to the Japanese events because because they, they had a couple. Uh, they had uh, the first one was a was something known as the Zuto Owen Project 2011 plus 10, which is in remembrance of the 2011 Toho earthquake and tsunami that happened about 10 years ago. Uh, and so they're going to have a couple of anime coming out that are going to be set around that area that in, in, in universe that may or may not have something to do with the earthquake. Nothing's been confirmed or not. Uh, Japan sinks 2021. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, uh, so the first one, they, so they announced three separate anime. The first one is uh, Bakuten, which is a gymnastics anime. Uh, the anime is set in the Miyagi prefectures, uh, Unama, uh, uh, Iwanuma City, and centers on a high school rhythmic gymnastics team. The anime follows Sotaro Futaba, who is fascinated by gymnastics after seeing it in his third year of middle school and joins the rhythmic gymnastics team of his new high school. Uh, and he makes a best friend with his classmate, who is a who you guessed it is a talented gymnast who's very famous. Wow, where uh, have I seen this before? It's Taisto Samurai and Yuri on Ice and Stars Align and every sports every short, the sports show ever. Um, yeah, it's been it's been directed by um, it's been directed by Tose, uh, Toshi Masa Kurinoyagi, who is best known for directing The Great Passions. Which, if you've not seen the Great Passage, Passage, do it because it's one of the best anime dramas you'll ever watch. Um, um, and he's directing the anime at Zex, uh, not to be com- not to be confused with sex. Um, oh, I thought you were gonna say Zebek, and I was like, they're out of business, man. Zex, uh, it's being written and it's being written by Toshimo uh, Toshizo Nemoto, who do wrote was a writer on Lock Horizon season two, um, and with Car- and with character designs. From Yuki Shabata, uh, who did uh, After the Rain. Silly, uh, silly boy. Uh, after the Rain, and this will premiere in the in April 2021, so the spring season. Spring. Um, uh, David Production also said they're doing something for this uh, project, and it's a movie. They're doing a movie. David Ooh. Production's first movie. Ooh, deep broad. Um, Good job. Uh, the anime. Uh, 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 they, they are doing an anime called uh, an anime called. Uh, uh, it's called Misaki no Miyoga, or The Abandoned House by the Cape. Uh, the story centers on a traditional Japanese house called a Miyogia, uh, where one can see the sea and feel the touch of warmth and nostalgia. Here, a 17-year-old girl is trying to find her place in the world, begins a new life with people completely unrelated to her. So it's a coming-of-age drama from David Production. A very, 
something you would not expect David Production to do. But considering the people that got to write it and do it, I'm excited because they got Shinya Kawatsuda, who is the director on Kokoro Connect and No Known Biori to direct. And, and of course, Reiko Yoshida, who is a who is a Kyo Annie veteran as a writer. She wrote Violet Evergarden, K-On, Listen the Bluebird, and A Silent Voice. Okay, so just inject this directly into my veins then, you're saying. Yeah, pretty much. It will be released in 2021. Uh, and the final anime that they announced at this section was a summer 2021 anime from uh, from uh, 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 21, uh, from I believe Aniplex. Uh, well, Aniplex announced it. There's no studio that they announced for it. Oh, no. No, it's Bandai Namco Pictures. It's another film. It's called Hula Fula Dance, um, which is a title. Did you um, say Fooly Cooly? <laughs> Hula Fula Dance. Uh, the story, film story centers on a Hiwa Natsugani, a novice at hula dancing, who nevertheless takes a job as a hula dancer at the real life spa resort's Hawaiian hotel. The film shows the relationships between her and her colleagues. Uh, so it's, an, again, another coming-of-age drama. Uh, unlike the other, unlike the other one, which was based on a book, this is a completely original film. Now. Um, it's being directed by Shinwa Watada, who directed both Gundam Build Divers and Gundam Build Divers We Rise, along with help from Sheji Mitsushima, who directed Gundam Double O and Fullmetal Alchemist O Three. Uh, this one is also being written by Reiko Yoshida. Uh, she's also doing this one. Uh, uh, and um, and the one thing that I'm excited for about this is that Michiru Oshima is composing the music. He's the guy, uh, I, or the, she, she is the composer of FMA 03, Bloom Into You, Snow White with the Red Hair, and Blast of Tempest. Oh, so all the good shit. All, all that four good of those, shit. in my opinion, have some of the best anime soundtracks I've ever heard. Remember when I think we oh, covered yeah. Blast of Tempest and we were like, this soundtrack fucking whips. Like, like easy, like the way, easy, like, easy. like, remember FMA 03 soundtrack and how it's like might be better than Brotherhood's. Oh, I think points. it is in some places. I think it is. I've, yeah. I, I've gone on record. I've, it's, I, it's, I will die on that hill. Uh, fucking, uh, like the main theme, Brothers, is like all time best anime music, one of the best Ooh. pieces of anime music of all time. Russia um, is so good. Even, and I fucking, even Dante's theme, as lackluster as a villain she is, her theme, mm-hmm. Mwah. Almost makes me like Chef's her. <laughs> Just kidding. Magnificent. Um, Chef's. Uh, but yeah, that is also happening. The final event was from studio from what no was from a channel that goes by the name of W O W O W or as I have a column, a wow 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 um, oh, wow wow. Uh, they announced a bunch of anime uh, from major major directors. Uh, the first one they announced was a sci-fi Yuri anime. Uh, so Shane is already interested. Um, <laughs> called other called Other Side Picnic. Um, and it you know and it is and uh, and it is set uh, it, and it is about uh, a girl who uh, goes into another uh, who goes into another world nearly dies but gets rescued by a girl in this other world and now they're stuck in this world together and they kind of try to find their way out and they fall in love because they're both gay of course um, <laughs> they're Damn. both very gay um uh takia sato 
is directing the anime at Leiden Films. Uh, oh, he okay. was the director of Steins Gate. Um, oh. And he's also writing it, too. He's also writing it as well. It is based on a light novel. Um, <laughs> the, way, the way you said that. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's based It's like, okay... It's from this studio. It's from this red director. You know, he did the the acclaimed Steinsgate. It is an adaptation of a light novel. Oh, That's it. Just putting it out. That's all. It's an it's it's adaptation a of a light novel. Uh, there was no it, and it comes out. Guess what season? Just guess the season. Winter. Winter. Winter twenty twenty one. January twenty twenty one. So add that to the list of anime to watch in winter, please. Winter. My my butthole can only take so much. I will winter. have no free time. I will I will only be watching anime twenty four seven the entire season. Uh, uh, they also announced that they are doing an anime ad that take. They also announced that they're doing an anime with Kenji Kiyama, who Kenji Kiyama is one of the best-known anime directors of the 2000s because he's the guy behind Standalone Complex, Eden the East, Morabito, um, and he did the new Ultraman show. On the Netflix um, one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's also doing the new Blade Runner anime, too. Um, the Trigger um, one? Uh, that's not the tr- trigger's not doing that. That's gonna be with uh, what's Watanabe? I'm pretty sure. Oh wait, um, no, no, that's yes, the cyberpunk yes. one. Never mind. I'm just an idiot. Yeah, Shane. <laughs> I'm just Watanabe. a big dumb. Uh, well, they announced that anime director Kenji Kiyama is producing a new feature-length anime work. Uh, the anime commemorates the network's 30th anniversary, which will occur on April 2021. Kiyama is writing and directing it, and he added that the anime is a socially conscious youth crime story. Um, Sounds like a Spencer show. Um, it's yeah, an original yeah. too. It is in a complete original too. Um, it's an anime original. We're getting a lot of anime originals, and I really like that actually. Um, the next thing they announced is one that I'm pretty sure sh- that Shane lost it. That Shane shared, and he was like, "Ooh!" And that's about a show called Back Arrow, um, um, which is starting in winter of 2021. Our uh, one for two cores. Um, and it's the new show from Goro Tanguchi, who is the director of Kogias, and writer Kazuki Nakashima, who wrote Promare, Kill a Kill, and Girl and Lagan. So they're one of the major trigger people. Okay, yes, um, no, that's I. I had looked up Back Arrow, and I'm like, wait, it sounds really familiar. And then I saw the fucking uh, key art for the character, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Literally, yeah. all I um, saw was Code Geass director, and I was like, we're in there, boys. It's a mecha, too. Um, Goro Tanaguchi. Uh, uh, Studio Vone is animating the series, and Studio Vone is best known for doing Ushio and Tora and Katakuri Circus. I know Katakuri Circus kind of dropped off in quality um, a bit, but Ushio and Tora was really good. Uh, yeah. So, um, uh, Nakashima, this is the big thing. Nakashima is not only doing the series composition, but in a rare move, is actually writing all the scripts himself, every single episode, um, which never happens. That could be a good oh. or a bad thing. Oh, but, this is Gurren Logan. Yeah, is, this is the Gurren Logan kill a kill promo guy. guy. Okay. Yeah, that's why I'm excited. Um, oh, I didn't know. I'm oh, now... And the, guy, and the guy doing the music is, uh, his name is Kohei Tanaka. He's been around since, like, the fucking 90s, and he is 
a One Piece composer. He's one of the major One Piece composers. So, oh, uh, specifically, oh. he is the main one now. He did Stampede's music. So, oh, and Stampede's music was really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, specifically, the pl- the anime's website describes the story. Ringarino, uh, Ringarido. Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I, 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 I read that. And I was like, that's a stupid fucking name. It is really dumb. It's a land surrounded by a wall. Uh, the wall covers, protects, cultivates, and nurtures this land. The wall is God. It is the foundation of this land of Rinkarindo. Okay, this, yeah. It sounds r- fucking retarded. But, like, so it sounds like a fucking dope. episode of Gunsword. <laughs> it is the, the wall, wall is, is God. God. The, the wall is God. Vaughn of the Vaughn will be there and make our own conclusions from there. Vaughn uh, of the Vaughn is going to crash through the wall. Uh, one day, a mysterious man named Back Arrow appears in Escheville in the outskirts of Rigorindo. Arrow has lost his memories, but it says all he knows is, I came from beyond the wall. To restore his memories, Harrow ends out beyond the wall again, uh, but is embroiled in a battle with himself uh, as the stakes raise. Uh, it's technically a mecha because uh, he manifests mecha through the strengths of his own conviction. Um, what? <laughs> He yeah. literally, it's literally Gurren Logan, but instead of like actual like pilot mechs, it's like Blast of like, do you remember the, from Blast of Tempest where like the person literally yeah. became like a, mm-hmm. it's like that kind of mech. Very cool. So this, mo- so this anime sounds retarded, uh, oh, but, it sounds it's, but here's the thing. It's why I trust it is that it's Kazuki Nakashima and he's, he's the master of making really stupid premises actually have a lot of depth to them and a lot of really clever commentary and and um, intelligent writing behind it. Because uh, Gurren Logan, Pro Gurren Man, Logan. Kill a Kill, Gurren Logan, Kill a Kill, and Pro Man are all actually very intelligent shows um, and have a lot to say. Uh, so, uh, so I'm very excited for this. This premieres in January 2021. Uh, the last piece... The, and the last thing that they announced, the last big thing they announced was another anime from Witch Studio. Um, uh, specifically, that is called, you know, called, uh, specifically called uh, Osama Ranking or King Ranking, which will premiere in October of 2021. Um, and it's being done by Witch Studio. Uh uh, the web manga centers around Boji, a deaf, powerless prince who cannot even wield a children's sword. As the firstborn son, he strives hard and dreams of becoming the world's greatest king. However, people mutter about him, behind his back as a good-for-nothing prince, and there's no way he can be king. Boji is able to make his first-ever friend, Kage, or Shadow, a literal shadow on the ground that somehow understands Boji. Uh, the sto- uh, Kage is also a survivor of the Kage assassin clan that was all but wiped out. No longer killer Kage now makes ends meet by stealing. The story follows Boji's coming of age as he meets various people in his life, starting with his faithful encounter with Kage. No word on staff. Uh, I just wanted to bring this up because I think this premise is really, really cool. And which studio doing fantasy is always a plus from me because they have not, they have not lost any of their steam here. Uh, I I've read somewhere that this is that this might be uh, Araki's follow up thing. Um, possibly, I don't know. Uh, but uh, Araki's not working on anything. Tetsuo Araki's not working on anything. Yeah. So nope. Uh, uh, 
but I, I've read somewhere that this might be Tetsuro Rocky's follow-up thing, uh, which if it is, yes. Um, and we're finally done. Uh, that got done quicker than I thought, actually. Um, Matt, that was almost still- 50 minutes, <laughs> I thought it was going to be longer than 50 minutes. That's the thing. I thought it was going to be longer than 50 minutes. Um, But now we can finally move on to our featured anime of the podcast, which is, as picked by Shane himself, um, Toilet Bound Hanukkah-kun. He's a boy in a toilet. (laughs) Yes, he is a boy in the toilet, Shane. Um, (laughs) Toilet boy, as I like to call him. (laughs) Fuck. Uh, he's directed by Masao Miyando and written by Yasuhiro uh, Nakanishi uh, from Studio Leche. Um, and it ran from January 9th, 2020 to March 26, 2020 for 12 episodes and is currently licensed by Funimation. You can go watch it in the link below on their website in both sub and dub, I'm pretty sure. Yep, they um, have both. They have both, yes. Um, Toilet Bound Hanukkah-kun does not actually follow Hanukkah-kun. Um, its main character is actually a, by a, a little girl by the name of Nene Yashiro. It's a first-year high school student who has a crush on her senpai. She loves her senpai. Her senpai is this really attractive upperclassman. I'd fuck him. And he's underage. <laughs> <laughs> Don't judge. <laughs> <laughs> why do you, why do you, why do you do this to me? You, you sh- you've known me for five years. You should know this by now. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You should be. Used she, to she, this. she really wants. She really wants him as her boyfriend. Um. So, and her school just happens to really have an obsession with the occult. There's a lot of mysteries around the school. Uh, that all kind of like gossip and like you know when you're like. When like like people gossip and like tell like hey you heard about this well there's a lot of that but there's occult stuff and she goes to the and she decides hey why not I heard about this thing called Hanako-san uh, this girl who allegedly haunts like a bathroom and can grant wishes but for a price I'm gonna go there because I really want this boyfriend um, she does it and turns out it works only thing is Hanako-san is not a girl Hanako is a boy. And kind of a mischievous shit disturber at that. Um, um, and through a series of events, uh, Nene ends up having so, having an encounter with like a more malevolent spirit, and is basically forced to become his assistant as a way to like atone for what she was doing. Um, and it follows her and Hanako as they deal with a bunch of other spiritual threats, as well as try to learn more about Hanako himself, as well as kind of and learning more about like the spirit world. It has Hanako Kun is a is a interesting mix of kind of like slice of life comedy drama action and supernatural kind of blends a lot of genres together. Um, Shane, what did you think of Hanako Kun? Because you're the one who picked it. I love. <laughs> everything about this show i love its premise i love its art style i love the characters i love its mishmash of different genres it always keeps things fresh and exciting uh but i think the thing that i like the most and have grown to appreciate more since finishing it is its tone because it goes back and forth between a lot of different tones. It can be really happy slice of life. It can be really silly comedic stuff. It can be really tense action. 
But the thing that I took away from this most is its themes of grief and regret. Like, this show spends a lot of time, of course, because it's about spirits and ghosts and, you know, the other side. It spends a lot of time delving into, like, personal regret and loss and stuff like that. And on the surface, it seems like a really kitty kind of show it seems like something that like children would gravitate towards but it has a lot of really dark mature and nuanced things to say and i think it's those things those two things that come together that really make the show stand out to me i really enjoyed my time with it and coming off of it like it really left an impression on me and as you can see since i picked it i'm still thinking about it to this day yeah. Uh, Spencer, what did you think of Hanukkah Khan? Okay. Say anything and you get stabbed. <laughs> I really liked stabbed. it. I, I, I just want to get that out of here before we get into the inevitable fighting, but I genuinely really like Hanukkah Khan. I think its story is one of the best told kind of subtle, low-energy stories. I think that the art style is beyond breathtaking. I feel that everything about this is good. It's very good. It's very, very good. However, I finished 12 episodes of that show, and I felt nothing for it. Matt where, did I, Matt, where did I put my pitchfork? It's uh, good. It was, it's in the corner. Okay, okay, corner, thank you. I'll, I'll go get it. It's good, but I finished the show, and I was like, okay, guess I'll talk about it on the podcast. Because, uh, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, I think Shane is still going to get here. Oh, no, I have it. I have it. Don't worry. I'm just sharpening okay, it. Okay, good. Okay, good, good. Just sharpen okay, it. Okay, well. Uh, I'll, talk about, I'll talk about how much Hanukkah Kun is fantastic. Uh, this show is amazing. I fucking love it. Uh, this is one of the best supernatural shows i have seen in a long time um i love its art style a ton i love its direction um i love its writing i think it's incredibly smart and like shane said there's a deft balance of tone here one thing i love about it is that it keeps the tone the same the tone it has in episode one is the same tone it has in episode 12 it's consistent it never baits you. It, you know it's going to go to dark places from the beginning. But there's always an under... And this is what I love about it. There's always an undercurrent of hope, optimism, comedy mm-hmm. at every single moment. And that's what makes Hanukkah-kun great is the fact that despite it going to dark places, despite it having dark material, despite it a- a- having some genuinely scary stuff in it, it's never ever overwhelming it always knows that what keeps this show going is it's beating heart there's a lot of heart to this show this show has a big massive heart at the center of it and it's a kind of adorable at points too. oh it is it really is and i love that it's such a refreshing show and we'll get into the art style when we talk about it in detail because i can go on and on about it uh but Shane, I, what was your favorite episode of Hanukkah Kun? I just want to—I want to preface this by saying there was a lot of uh, those first impressions were very heated. 
uh, as you could tell. I just want to say that it's all a joke. <laughs> like, don't it's, take that too personally. We we love Spencer and we we, we are his not, opinions. We are not. No, we no, we will shit on each other for jokes. We don't actually hate each other. Let just, us clarify this. Just so you know, I don't have a pitchfork. Okay, I don't even know who would own one of those if you're not a farmer. <laughs> Pitchforks? What is this? The in the 16th century? Is this 1906? Like, like we're not we're not an angry mob. Um, but yeah, Shane, what's your favorite episode of Hanukkah? Could my favorite? There's a couple of contenders here. There, there's a couple contenders. Um, episode five, episode nine. But my personal favorite is episode six. Episode six, the four o'clock library. This is the episode where we finally. After six episodes of build-up, get just a tiny glimpse into Hanako's backstory and find out who he was when he was alive. And he was a bad boy. He was a, no. He was not a bad boy. He was an emotionally I said sad. I said sad boy. I heard bad, oh, yeah, he and I was, was like, bad. "How dare you?" <laughs> he was he not was a bad bad. boy. He was a good boy. He was a very sad boy. He was a very sad boy, and. This episode encapsulates what I love about the show because, like I said, it delves into some really dark and mature themes of loss and regret. And this episode specifically um, focuses on abuse and bullying and the psychology of all of that, how victims deal with it. And it's all really powerful stuff. Especially near the end when it's not outright stated how Hanako dies. But there's a lot of implications in there. And if you follow those implications, they lead to some, quite frankly, horrifying conclusions. And this episode got me. This episode this episode broke me. And by the end, I was just staring at the screen like mouth wide open tears forming in my puny little eyeballs it's just so good and it's it, it's dark and twisted but at the same time it has so much to say about abuse and death and accepting one's fate and it, it, i might cry, i might cry talking about it, not gonna lie <laughs> it's just really good stuff I'm done, by the way. Oh, okay. Uh, Spencer, what's your favorite episode of the show? Um, it's actually kind of tough for me, but I'm going to have to go with... Uh, so I'm stuck between two. Um, yeah, I'll give it to episode eight. It's about... <sighs> Now, this is now, my favorite. Too. I will this say this: too. Um, I didn't cry during this episode. I came close. However, Mitsuba makes me sad more than anything. More than Hanako. More than Sukasa. More than Nene. Mitsuba is the one that really makes me sad. Mitsuba's Mitsuba, story is so fucking depressing. Um, the two characters that make me, like, the most depressed because of, like, not just like, their character, but, like, the kind of the implication is Mitsuba 
and um, the uh, one second uh, to uh, Tsuchigamori. Yeah, the 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 teacher. So, episode eight focuses on uh, Mitsuba Sosuke, I believe is his name, and um, Mitsuba is a spirit that the rumor is in the uh, main hall, a, a spirit will reach out to you and ask if you remember it or if you know who it is. And you're supposed to say, you're supposed to tell that, that you don't know who it is. Um, so what happens is that that spirit is Bitsuba, who is a middle school friend of Ko's. And Ko, upon realizing who it is, they kind of get a little bit of a camaraderie going on where Ko realizes that he doesn't want to exorcise um, Mitsuba because he likes Mitsuba. Mitsuba is a spirit that hasn't done anything, just like Hanako. They're, they're not evil apparitions. They're just there, and he doesn't want to unless given a good reason to exorcise them. And the whole episode is about that feeling of of not just loneliness and isolation, which Mitsuba feels when nobody remembers who he is, but also the ending, where it's about the loss of something that you hold dear. You might not know that you hold them dear at the moment. You might not know how much they meant to you or how much you meant to them. But when they're gone, you will feel nothing but anguish and it's the most emotionally charged episode i've watched in a very long time this show makes me sad this episode also is um going back to what i was talking about regret earlier this episode really delves into those themes of regret both ko and mitsubo end up regretting not getting closer while mitsubo was still alive ko's like i should have I should have been a better friend. I should have gotten to know you better. And then by the end, Mitsuba's like, I wish I had the chance to know you. And it, mm. <laughs> I hate the show. Um, uh, so I picked you. I picked Mitsuba for one reason, one reason only. After I was done, I had to turn off my computer and cry into my fucking pillow for 10 minutes. Uh, cause I was upset. Um, uh, cause I didn't, th- this episode broke me. Uh, it is so sad, um, but it's so well done. Um, I love, I love when Spencer has uh, fucking going through apparently a bear's running. Yeah, through remember his house. that big mute button on your mic, buddy? I was drinking Pepsi. Please don't say that. <laughs> um, um, uh, but I love Ko as a character, and I also really love Mitsuba. I think the relationship which makes this episode. Spencer honestly put it better than I could. Um, <laughs> um, he honestly put it better than I could because um, he pretty much nailed what I love about this episode. Um, I also love how uh, how this also goes into what I love about the show in general. The show, when the show commits to something, it commits to it. It doesn't bullshit. Um like when Mitsuba goes away, yeah, he comes back later, but he's never Mitsuba. It's again. not the same, and that's yeah. the point. Yeah, and I and I think that's great writing and storytelling. Um, it's just it's just a great self-contained episode too. 
Um, this show does really great self-contained stories mm-hmm. uh, with an overarching narrative, of course. And But yeah, really great stuff. Now let's talk about characters, because what's interesting about Hanukkah-kun is that there's actually not a huge cast of characters here. It's actually surprisingly small. Um, there's not, there's only a, like, like four or five character, major characters in the show. It's um, a pretty good kind of self-contained ensemble cast. Yeah. Got uh, like small little cast. Uh, so because that, they all get a lot of development, which means that they're all really great. Uh, Spencer, who's your favorite character in the show? It actually, it, it legitimately took me a lot of time to realize who is my oh, favorite. Oh, because they're, for the most part, all really, really good characters. Um, but the moment I saw him, I went, I love this guy. This guy's great. And that is Ko Minamoto. Uh, Ko is a good choice. I was not expecting Ko. Really? You weren't expecting Ko? You thought I was going to be what? Mitsuba. It's it's not that. It's just that I wasn't expecting anyone to say Ko because of out of the main three, I find him the least interesting. Even though I still think he's a great character. Wait, I, I no, and I think I know why Spencer picked them. So, so go on, Spencer, because I think I know why you picked them actually. So Ko is kind of like that good middle ground between the naivete and innocence of Nene and the frankly borderline terrifying nature of Hanako. The shit disturber. Hanako is a he is a shit disturber. However, a hundred percent of the time he is not telling the full truth. Oh, oh no. no, he never is. He never is. He he hides behind his goofy mask, but when he gets serious, he's genuinely terrifying. Um, and, but Ko is this fun-loving. He's the younger brother of Senpai that Nene is in love with. He he believes in justice. He believes in standing for what's right. He believes in Jesus. <laughs> But also for standing for what his family's done, coming from the Minamoto kind of dynasty, um, it's up to it's been tasked to, by his older brother by Teru to exorcise all seven mysteries. And the first time he shows up, he he does leave, he does do some minor damage to Hanako. However, he's an idiot. <laughs> he's a stupid, dumb idiot. But he's a character that has so much compassion for his friends and so much loyalty and care for the people around him. He might not have any real relationship with Hanako aside from just seeing him as an apparition, but Hanako, through being not a douchebag, has has changed Ko's belief. And Ko throughout the entire series is this really good kind of bounce board for the characters to work off of. He's neither conceited or evil enough for Nene to be scared of him, nor is he completely cowardly. Um, so he will stand up to people like Hanako and his brother and stuff like that. And he's just... his storyline with Mitsuba, especially when we get to the the Hell of Mirrors two-parter and just seeing that and how 
he's just mm-hmm. left alone. It's his character just goes through this like arc, and I just I see a lot going through him that just reminds me of like how people can be good even if they're kind of given a shitty job. Mm-hmm. Well said, actually, honestly, uh, really well said. Uh, Cause I love Co. He's not my favorite, but I, but he's really he he's you're right. He's yeah, like I love Co too. Yeah, he's the middle ground character. Well said, actually. I don't have anything else to say. You pretty much nailed it, to be honest. Hey, look at me. You, Sometimes you I can. Much, you pretty much fucking nailed it. Uh, Shane, who's your favorite character? I think I know who it is. I know. I know you. So. Yeah. Yeah. Is that so? You want to take a guess then? No, I don't. Actually, it's Hanako. Yeah, it's Hanako. Hanako's not my favorite, by the way. Um, uh, Hanako. Let's just, uh, but Shane, talk about Hanako. How much you love Hanako? The reason I love Hanako so much is because of how mysterious he is. There have been a lot of characters that have been done like this before. They're very mysterious. You don't know anything about them. And as, you know, things progress, you you slowly learn more details and start to piece things together. But with Hanako, I found myself, from the beginning, not knowing anything about this character. And by the end, not exactly equal, but (laughs) having just as many questions because even as you start to learn more about his past and who he was and what happened to him things just start to unfold even more and there's always something new to learn about Hanako like Spencer said he's never telling the truth he's like a straight-faced liar he wants to keep people as far away as possible he doesn't want to bring people in but then as he starts to hang around Nene and Ko and start to, you know, grow closer with these guys, the, the his shell starts to crack and he starts to let them in. And by the end of the show, he's not entirely ready to tell them everything, but he's made leaps and bounds from where he was at the beginning. And also coupled with the fact that I love his personality, I love his design, I love how in the same instance he can be the biggest dumbass goofball and also the scariest motherfucker he's mm-hmm. he just he's very balanced and that mysterious element to him makes me want to learn more about him and keeps me extremely invested in his development and i wish <laughs> i hope that this show gets a second season so i can learn more or i can just go read the manga because i really do yeah. want to learn more about hanako yen press by the way you can buy the digital um, they have digital versions of all their manga you can buy. Um, so you can do that. Um, my favorite character is actually the real main character of the show, and that's Nene. Nene. Uh, Nene. Uh, one, great, what a great protagonist for this kind of show. Because um, uh, I love multifaceted protagonists. And one of the things that I love about Nene is that she's not completely like completely kind-hearted as a person and i kind of think that's the best thing about her she is uh, selfish she is selfish but she's not like maliciously selfish uh like she's she's a little selfish uh but it's the selfish in a way where you can kind of understand where she's coming from in a lot of her ways she's uh, a middle school girl like high school girl a high school girl sorry sorry she, she's a high school girl like of course she's going to act some in, in the way that she does sometimes. She's a 
a high school girl. That makes she's like what fourteen. Uh, she's what well, uh, first year high school because high school three. She's fifteen, I think. Fifteen, okay. Yeah, fifteen because high school starts later in Japan. Um, and you're like, definitely gonna have feelings for your hot, hot upper. Yeah. Ah, uh, classman. Like it's it's the kind of thing where like I Nene. What makes Nene a great protagonist though is the fact that she is selfish. Yeah, but one, she admits that she is when she fucks up, and second, she is she's she she is the one who gets the best out of Hanako as a person, mm-hmm. and and that's what makes her great is the fact that no matter what happens, Nene will always see the good in people. It's naive, yes, but she's always the one. She's like the one that keeps the show at that optimistic tone that it constantly has, despite its dark points. And Nene is the, this is kind of the glue that holds this show together. And that's why I love her. That's why I think she's like this. She's like my favorite character on the show. Because uh, without her, the show just wouldn't work yeah. as well as it does. She's um, the, she's the foil to Hanako that allows him to really start opening up to people and. You're right, without her, this show uh, and a lot of the developments in it wouldn't work nearly as well. Yeah, and it's and she's she's just a great character. She's a great character. Plus, she's also just really funny. Uh, and I just cute love and silly, and I love her. <laughs> yeah, she's a goofball. She's just a goofball, and I love goofballs. She like, makes donuts with Ko, and it's one of the cutest things. <laughs> the cutest things. Uh, but with a favorite, must come a least favorite. And this is kind of hard because Hanako doesn't really have bad characters. Uh, so They don't have bad characters. But I'm just going to say that if I was in uh, middle school, uh, I would shove Tsukasa into a fucking locker. I would beat uh, the shit out of that little fuck. What, I, I, I kind of love Tsukasa, though, so I'm not going to shit on him. I know um, you're supposed to not like him because he's the antagonist and all. But let me say this, okay? And I'll say this once and once only. Um, Tsukasa is a good character, but it's so hateable. I hate him. I hate the way that he treated number three. I hate the way that he treats um, Mitsuba. Mitsuba. I I especially hate the way he treats Mitsuba. I hate the way that he he's like an... I, sorry, I don't hate the way, but he's like an inverse of Hanako. He literally is. He's where, just... where, like, aside from the obvious, you know, just like the actual rumor itself, where Hanako grants wishes to the living, Sukasa grants wishes to the dead. Um, but and even their their uniform being one being a Showa era kind of Japanese school uniform, and the other being like a fucking Meiji, yeah, like a modern kind of era uniform uh Tsukasa is is evil plain and simple he's 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 supposed to be this show's kind of personification of like malice Mm -hmm. uh and malice can sometimes be justified I mean we learned that for some reason Hanako murdered him so he is justified in being upset but the way he misuses and mistreats people, the way that um, uh, uh, he misuses the girl, the head of the um, the uh, head of the um, one second, uh, 
her I name. Who's talking about? I can't remember her name, but her name is Sakata. Sakata. Sakata is. Sakata d- d- doesn't deserve a lot of the shit that she gets, especially from fucking Sukasa and Natsuhiku. Natsuhiko. We'll get to him. <laughs> but um, we will. But The Tea Party, episode nine. You can tell that she she genuinely appreciates having Nene there. But it's it's same with same with Nene. She can't go against the wishes of the person who she's with, that being Sukasa. And Sukasa just misuses everybody. She mistreats them and I I do not like his character, but I think it's a good character. Right. But is Sukasa your least favorite then? Yes. It's, I think Shane's is Sukasa too. Oh yeah, I agree. It's Sukasa. Okay, mine, mine Sukasa too. I love Sukasa, but like he's a dickhead, so I gotta put him there. Listen here, he is a fantastic antagonist. He is a great character, has a lot of great development, but <laughs> <laughs> you hate his guts. Listen. I know that your brother murdered you in cold blood and, you know, blah, blah, blah. You died and you came back as a malicious spirit, yada, yada, yada. I don't give a shit. You hurt my boy Mitsuba like that. You, I, I'm, I could punch his face. <laughs> you could punch his face. He's going to punch shoved in a locker. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Here's the thing, though. I love Sukasa as a character because he's the perfect antagonist for this show, especially with Hanako. Um, And there is some implications in there. They don't tell you straight up why Hanako murdered Tsukasa. But I have every right to believe that Tsukasa is the one who constantly abused and physically assaulted Hanako. I I, I think it's that too. I think it's Mm -hmm. that too. I have every right to believe that is the case. Doesn't justify murder, but <laughs> maybe it was in self defense. Um, yeah, it could maybe have been. Maybe it was self defense. There is, there is a section of the law that states that like murder in self defense is technically can be justified. Um, it can, however, something says something. It has to do with that kitchen knife. Mm-hmm. Has to do because everybody has something associated with them that isn't their um. Uh, Sugimori, uh, mm-hmm. and Hanako having just pulling out a kitchen knife, like a a chef's knife, mm-hmm. that's a bit iffy. That's a bit difficult. And here's the thing: if that is the case, and Sukasa was the one who was constantly abusing Hanako, and hence is the reason why he killed him, I have even more reason to hate his guts. Because how dare you? <laughs> Mm-hmm. really builds yeah. him up great as an antagonist but god hate his guts hate the way he treats people hate his mentality hate him yeah uh so let's talk about other stuff we really like about this show like the art style like the fucking banging art okay uh the yeah, art good. the art is okay so studio leche is one of my favorite studios working right now specifically because they have a talent for adapting manga Almost to a T. Uh, the way they adapt manga is very is like they go they you they adapt the art style pretty much verbatim. 
um, in all of their stuff. And Toilet Bowl and Hanukkah Cut has one of the most distinct, vibrant, unique art styles I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost like a storybook. Um, it reminds, and the characters are like an interesting mix between like chibi, but not too chibi. Yeah, I was um, I was gonna say they're like a mix of like chibi but also more realistic at the same time stylized they're like a weird blend of those three yeah and they 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 really pop and all the character designs stand out and they all look amazing and yeah they look amazing particularly particularly the main three leads Mm -hmm. uh nene and nene ko and hanako look incredible um uh and because of that that art style is great and because of that I want to give massive props to who is slowly becoming one of my favorite anime directors working today, Masa Omiyondo. Uh, this guy has done like a couple of shows, but all of them are pretty fucking great. School Live uh, is great. Scum's Wish is great. Hakate, Hakume Makochi is great. Astra Lost in Space Astra. is great. <sighs> and one thing you'll notice about his direction, and he uses this in all of his shows, um, and it's really prevalent mostly here and in Scum's Wish. Um, and I think it's a little bit in Ostra too. He almost like uses manga panels mm-hmm. as a way to transition between scenes. Yeah. And he or not just transition between scenes, but also his some scenes will be done entirely via like manga panels, manga panels like, yeah. and he uses that to his advantage, but you by doing reveals and, and like building tension and atmosphere. And I love, I love it. I love it so much. He does this in all his shows and it's such a distinct stamp of his art, of his direction. And it might be at its best in Akakun. I, I I personally think it is. Like the um, direction, especially with the manga panels, is so strong and unique, and it get it 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 um it contributes to the pace too. Like it it, it keeps it things moving at a clip. Yeah, it increases because Hanukkah isn't the fastest moving show on the planet. Oh God, it's like a snail's pace. Not really no, a snail. I don't think so. No. Okay, fine. It's like a... It takes its time. Not like very fast pace. I think it moves like at a very comfortable speed. Not too fast, not too slow. It's a good middle ground. It's a good middle ground, and the monk panels help a lot with that. Like, I think his direction in Astra is a little bit better, but he didn't really use manga panels in that a lot. No, there as... wasn't a whole lot in that. There was a little bit in Astra, and it would done really well in Astra. But uh, uh, go watch Scum's Wish, by the way, if you want to see more of that. Scum's Wish is isn't like that kind uh, of like isn't that an edgy? Uh, Scum's Wish is like Oh Maidens if it was a lot more graphic. Um, uh. um it's very good, very raunchy, and very nasty. Imagine if uh, they but- actually fucked in Oh Maidens. <laughs> There is there is a lot of fucking in it. It's fair warning, like actual fucking. So, um, but it is also very good. It's very raunchy and kind of nasty. But I actually kind of that's like one of my favorite parts of it, ironically. Um, uh, but in any case, um, anything else you want to bring up, 
Shane? Um... Fuck, I, I blanked out for a second. Sorry. The music is really good. I like the score quite a bit. I like the... um. I love I, the OP. OP I is love. a banger. I really love the ED, too. It's one of my favorites of the year, actually. Um, But the actual score, I really like its incorporation of more, like, spooky vibes. Like, it has those, like, kind of, like, Halloween instrumentation thrown in there to add to, like, the supernatural uh, vibe. And I really like that part. Mm-hmm. It's overall, it's a really good soundtrack too. It just, it really uh it really fits all of the tones that the show is trying to to convey. Yeah, uh, Spencer. Anything else you want to bring up that you really liked? Um, I mean, we're gonna have to talk about him eventually, and I already mentioned him. But if Co is like your middle ground. Then, and Teru is like your 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 senpai boy. Yes. Yes, Matt, you still here? Did Matt die? I hope not, Matt. I'm here. No, I'm here. Okay. Matt, please say something. Speak. Okay. <laughs> My headphones crapped out for like a couple seconds, so I had to go uh, fix it. Um, we must talk about Natsuhiko. Voiced Natsu- by Aaron Dismuke. Natsuhiko's like the funniest character in this show. He is uh, just, he is like, he is the perfect combination of like, chill dude, no worries, I've got this, and like a fucking wreck. Because it always gets I love trouble. So- I love Sakura, I left you to die. That means she loves me. me. He is, he's an idiot. He he only, is- he's only introduced in like the back quarter of the show, but I want like an entire show about him. Like, and even just- then, he kind of shows up in like episode three or four, like very briefly, very very briefly. But then you you realize that he's working with the villains, but also that he's not working with the villains. He's just also- there because he ha- he's just there because he wants. He just chills there. I think he's- that's great. He he's in love with Sakura. And he's like, listen, she's playing hard to get, okay? Yeah, as I'm and, and, you know, occasionally girls are like that. So I'm going to use my charm and good looks to get this impressionable high school girl to follow me into a back corner of a fucking... And then, Wasn't and, it him and, that he, like, walked into, like, a fucking door and died for, like, the, two no, seconds? No, no, okay, that's... So that was actually Tea Party was going to be one of my favorite episodes because of that those scene where they're trapped in like the beyond area with a bunch of doors, and then Hanako's like, "Look for a door that you recognize," and Asuiko's just like, "Don't worry, babe, I got this." And he just opens starts up a door. doors, and everything goes to shit. <laughs> and, and, and it's it's you know what it is. You know what gets me in? I still remember the, the image. It's with the giant, like, um, uh, like, like, uh, Jack in the Box grabs him and he, like drags him into the door, but he stops like an inch into the door, gives a thumbs up, and then drags back. Yeah, it's like he's like, "Don't worry, babe, I got this." He, he he's the person who's always trying to be cool, but never succeeds never at actually cool. being. But cool. he can, I, I respect the hustle. 
I yeah. respect the hustle. I respect the uh, dedication to getting puss. Yeah, like, um, like I respect. I respect the hustle. Um, he's a dumb fuck, and also Aaron Dismuke, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the dub for this show is actually really. Oh, good dub is excellent. Like probably one of Funimation's best in a while, actually. And uh, let, 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 is, let me let me mention this for you. Oh, the last Ford. like the last three episodes were done from home. Yeah, they were done from COVID. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And you, could, and you could, cannot tell. Uh, like, I, literally, tell. I knew that going in because I mm-hmm. stopped the show before the pandemic started. And I knew that the last yeah, few episodes same, were Same, because there was no dub out. Yeah, I knew that going in. And I was like, I want to see if I can like tell the difference. Literally zero change. Zero difference. I just want to... I just want to say, although it is a little weird hearing Hanako and just hearing Deku, it's um, just Deku. yeah, it, it's just Deku. I think my favorite actor in the show is probably Kyle uh, Ignesi as Mitsuba because he's excellent mm-hmm. and he's like, uh-huh. uh, no, as well I as say- Austin. Austin Tindall as Sukasa is so good though. Like, yeah. like one of his uh, best performances as Sukasa. Austin Tindall is like one of my favorite actors because like okay, he's technically just doing karma from ass class, um, but like uh but like at the same time, like Karma from Ass Class is like the best fucking character in the history of But at the so, same like, time though, he's also doing a similar voice to He has to match Justin Briner. Yeah, he has to, to match me. Justin Briner because they're supposed to be twins. I le- yeah. I legit I thought, thought it was, it Justin, was Briner. Justin Briner at first. <laughs> yeah, no, no I, I, I actually did. I had to look yeah. it up. In the in the sub, they're both voiced by Megomi Ogata, who's best known as the voice of Shinji Akari. Um, ah. um, getting the robot, uh, getting the robot, Mr. Sinclair, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Sinclair does a good job as always. Uh, yeah. Ian, yeah, Ian uh, Sinclair, fucking, and of course, Tia Ballard is Tia Ballard is and knocks out of the park. Fucking just Alexis Tipton as um, the Misaki stare, yeah. Oh, she's uh, she's great, underrated. Fight and fucking underrated, yeah, underrated performances. Kara Edwards as Sakura, uh, she's done, yeah, really well. yeah. she does really well too. Um, oh my god, it, her I didn't voice even realize is just it was Kara Edwards. Wow, it is her... Kara Edwards. Yeah, again, again, yeah, she's really good in it. That's why you, you don't this, know this. This dub, I mean, like we could talk about. You know, all these are good, exceptional voice actors. Some of them have been doing this for over a decade, mm-hmm. but um Kara Edwards and Reinhardt as co I've never heard of him co. before now yeah I um, want to hear him more because he's I, so good here. I recognize his voice from a few other roles but he's definitely the best here yeah like like this is he's so- for me okay so from a pure voice perspective like vocal like sound of the character obviously I love the sound of Ian Sinclair's voice when he's just doing like a normal voice um but Sakura had one of the most interesting kind of vocal tones for me because Tia Ballard was Tia Ballard and Alexis Tipton was Alexis Tipton. And they both play those those kind of high-pitched or like kind of cutesy characters really, really well. It's why they're cast as them usually. Uh, Justin Briner plays characters that can either be looking for a nice hat or um, <laughs> can be, you know, super ultra that is mega-powered. Me- Hanako nice has hat. a great hat. Kasa has a good hat. It was a good. Um, but... I thought there was a bird in my fucking house. What the fuck? <laughs> what is that? 
<laughs> no, it always just my fan. Uh, I've seen oh, things. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna continue. I thought there was a bird in my room. Bird. Oh wait, it's I saw the shadow on my fucking wall. I thought it was a bird. <laughs> it's just my fan. Don't worry about it. What was the bird? The fan. first thing you thought of. Bird. Tweet, 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 I got tweet. terrified because it was moving, but it was my shadow. It was the shadow of the fan. I'm retarded. That's the first thing you got. Give it up for Matt. Give it up for Matt, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt. Um, but no, Kara uh, Edwards as her um, as Sakura. The voice that she gave that character, this kind of bored, but plotting have you heard the rumor she she sounded like one like she she always sounded like she was tired but also not wanting to do what she was doing Mm -hmm. but she didn't have a chance a choice in the matter and it, it really showed in her delivery to me the tone of her voice felt like the character was always equally bored but intrigued at the same time Mm -hmm. like they were bored to tears of their current situation but at the same time there was just enough keeping them interested in it it's kind of it's the same reason why i loved kellen goth's uh voice for overhaul because it's 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 just this kind of vocal kind of tone that's like they literally cannot give less of a shit about you or whatever they're just getting a job done and that's kind of what it, it, it is to her, mm-hmm. is like spreading the, those rumors over the radio. It's just a job. She just has to get up and do it. And it's really desensitized her to the point where this is just her norm. So she's, she's so used to it, she doesn't even fight it at this point. Mm-hmm. Like well, like in the Tea Party episode, when she's like, I'm really sorry that we have to do this. Uh, I enjoyed me- meeting you. You know, it was good to talk to you, but um, you're going to have to die. Shink? Like whoa, yeah, and and just he goes just there in the chair, just like oh yeah, this happens all the time. Don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry about it. You're like the thirteenth <laughs> person to die. Hey. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, did you know this, Spencer? Mm-hmm. Kara Edwards' most famous role, mm-hmm. Videl from Dragon Ball Z. Really? Mm-hmm. And Videl yeah, is a massive soon. <laughs> she's Goten too. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, she's Goten. Um, uh, she's also, uh, she's also Bubble Girl from My Hero Academia. Mm-hmm, I knew that. She's oh, Bubble okay. Girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and, sh- and, uh, and she's a couple of, she's been with, she's been with Foonie for a while. So she's this is, this Foonie. is definitely one of her more unique roles. Cause it definitely doesn't fit the archetype of what she normally. Oh, does. she's Fuji Spocky from Danganronpa. Okay. Um, oh, okay. Uh, uh but in it, but in any case, um, any negatives anyone wants to bring up? Cause I have one. I have one, and it's kind of a big one, actually. Uh, I would like um, to hear your, your negatives before I go into some of mine. Um, my, my, I only have one, and shame my degree. The show has no ending. Yep, it doesn't. It just, end. Okay, that is one of my major problems with it. It just stops. Um, I understand why there was no at the time. I believe that they adapted the manga. I need to check. But I believe they had, they did not they don't have enough material for a second core, so they just kind of had to stop where they did. Yeah, it's um, one it's one of those things where it just 
it's like okay we did this one thing bye (laughs) and then it just ends Um, and it leaves so many questions up in the air especially with like hanako and also what's going on with sukasa it it leaves too much up in the air and then it just ends and it kills all of its momentum yeah it just stopped it doesn't it stopped there's no climax there's no like build up it just kind of it feels like another everyday episode and just stops yeah especially Um, especially that final scene where it's like oh um where hanako's like one day when I when when the time is right, I will tell you everything. Credits roll. Season's over. Bye, yeah, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there is no and there is no word on a second season yet. Uh, there has no been no word on the second season. And Hanako Kun, it's sold fine, but don't get your hopes up. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, it's almost it like sell trying to sell something that's called toilet bound Hanako Kun isn't the to be fair it, this was also during covid so it, yeah. The, the, yeah. The, it, was, it was like right during as COVID. It was starting, and so. during covid you could argue it actually did kind of well uh to be honest because it actually outsold a couple of big things it outsold fire force um <laughs> so but fire <laughs> force also did not doesn't sell because because of Japan very bad circumstance no well because of the kyo yeah, fire. No. Um, yeah nobody really uh, wants to deal with fire at this point still um it yeah. just stops and it stops on like a not great joke episode uh no it's a, i thought it was a really good episode actually. i thought little mermaid was fine but, but like the actual plot was kind of eh but the stuff at the it's end it's build up the, for stuff that's obviously going to be important obviously. later and like, and because the, the, the ending stuff with Sukasa was really well done, but th- with no ending and having to go off of this as its own thing, what a fucking terrible ending! Hmm. Uh, if if we were to take this, obviously, obviously it's not. But let, let's just quickly go over some of the stuff that we didn't get to see. We didn't get to see mystery number one. We didn't get to see mystery number. Five, no, four, mystery number no. six. And seven. Well, we saw we, we seven. Well, seven is... We're missing three of the, of the three wonders. Three of the we're big mysteries. So there are three of the seven wonders. Mm-hmm. We still have no idea what Sukasa is. We have no idea the, the circumstances of Hanako and Sukasa. We have no idea if Nene going back in time and getting the keys that that Hanako dropped will actually have ramifications or not. We do not know if Teru is a good guy or a semi-antagonist. Teru just disappears from the plot entirely. He just disappears, even though we know he's, he's supposed to be important to some, to, in some point. <laughs> There's so many things that are law that are could have left up in the air and honestly that's probably why when i finished the last episode i didn't really feel anything because it felt like i was gonna scroll down and click on episode 13 yeah it does feel like that it really does feel like that anything else spencer because i know you got a couple of other ones i felt like Un- unless it's all just because of that ending and it's all like combined into there it's all combined and it's just it's not that 
and, and once once again, I want to state to people that might think that I'm 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 shitting on this or like because like we've joked about it throughout the episode. I think this show is fucking outstanding. I think this is something that everybody should watch at least once because it's something special. And Matt knows this especially about me and Shane to some point as well. But I love ghosts. I love spirits and the concept of like apparitions gaining power based on the rumors and being unable to go against them kind of adds to the, the to the, the uh, to the themes of like words have power. Mm-hmm. And you need to be careful with them. That's a, that's an interesting thing that you mentioned because I think that might be one of the reasons why you love Kaisen so much because the curses gain power through the humans' fear and negative emotions, mm-hmm. and those like yeah. the, those like rumors and uh, stories that, that build up fear and they get that makes sense now in hindsight. Because think about it when when a, a person is at is at complete calm serenity they feel no fear these things can't exist negative emotions curses these concepts can't exist because the person does not have the ability to spread them a curse and a rumor is the same thing as a disease it takes its it plants its seed in the hearts of humans and allows it to grow and when it grows next to this to similar rumors and similar seeds that grows into a forest and that forest is what feeds human misery and sadness and and anger and it's just all comes together in this show with just these cute little whether it be a cute little rabbit guy or whether it be a tree that's just trying to make people fall in love but words have power and whether it be a type a type of magic which is all focused on that or a curse technique or whatever. But I love that concept because I've, I've as a human being have been and seen firsthand how much words can truly ruin a person's life. So that's what I love. This series is amazing. It has some of the best, it's some of the most beautiful art I've ever seen. The music's kind of cute and spooky. The story's really well done. I just wish, and I honestly wish, I, I could say it's perfect, but it's that just, ending drags me down. It feels like your biggest complaint is that you want more of it. <laughs> which honestly, I, yeah. <laughs> which is not what to me isn't a complaint, because I do want more of this because I loved it so much. That's kind of yeah. what my... Um, mm-hmm. I, I also haven't brought it up, and I want to talk about it with Shane. Yes, the show is fucking adorable. Oh yeah, mm, it oh, is. Oof. Oof. This is the cutest Oof. goddamn show of all time. If we had, because I've been debating adding it to the year end awards, but I just decided not to because we got a lot already. Might add it next year. A best couple award, Nene and Hanako. I love together. Oof. Yes, Oof. Oof. so Give much. It. Mm. So much OTP of the year, personally. Oh, absolutely, like no OTP. They're so cute. They're so cute, and a lot of the cuteness comes from them. But also the fact that like the comedy in the show is actually really wholesome. It's very yeah. wholesome comedy, and I don't yeah. you don't see that a lot in anime. For a, just, for a show that delves into such dark themes as much as this does, it does have some of the most wholesome scenes I've seen in a show. In Remember a when when, he, when Hanako's like my big secret is about donuts. My big secret is I love donuts. That's it. 
and just really love them. <laughs> and I love donuts. And, and then, then like and they're then they're being so like... they're being so supportive. They're like, what's what's your favorite kind of donut? Where do you get them? Like <laughs> they're being so supportive, and it's the cutest fucking thing I have ever seen. And then Nene and Co go to make donuts for him, yeah. and it's like, Ooh. and it, I... that's also really cute too. I would say that that this show's humor is the anti Kaguya. Yeah, Kaguya is yeah. cynical and mean spirited. I, I love it. I love it. Oh no, I love it. But Kaguya is mean spirited. The yeah. whole thing, the whole premise of the show is about dumb li- lying and manipulation and being just being a liar and a cheat. underhanded. And yeah. this is like, I love my friends. My friends are great. I'm, I'm going to support them, and I'm going to make sure that they do good. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, Nene, I just want to give you a hug. That one yeah, that Nene. one scene where Nene reads her future book, and it's just her in her room writing in her diary after confessing to Hanako. It's like... <sighs> yeah, fuck it, I, lo- I love that. Like, I re- like, like, fucking Hanako kissing Nene, like, on the cheek, and that entire episode, like, afterwards, the confessions tree stuff, is just cute it's so cute yeah. and i love it uh just give me honestly just have season two be like slice of life stuff with the main crew and i would just be completely fine because there's wonderful together um i think we're good for final scores actually because i think we covered pretty much everything we wanted to uh shane what's your final score for this 10 out of 10 baby i'm giving it a 10 out of 10 too because okay sorry to interrupt but I understand where Spencer's coming from. The show ends anticlimactically. There's a lot of stuff up in the air. I get that. This is one of the rare exceptions where I enjoyed myself so much up until that point that it didn't bother me. Like, yeah. I I love everything about this show so, so much. And to me, that means more than a having a disappointing ending or a lot of unanswered questions. Because I know where I can find those. It's called the manga. <laughs> It's called the manga, and who knows? Maybe it will get a season two. Leche is actually pretty good with giving us season twos. So, mm-hmm. hopefully, so yeah. so yeah, ten. Um, keep in mind. Let me put put this out. Uh, because I didn't mention this. When I say ten, I mean that if it wasn't for Azuken, this would be my anime of the year. Uh, really? I don't think it would be my anime of the year. It's definitely my anime of the season for twenty for winter. If it wasn't for Azuken. Um, definitely. I don't think it's my, I think there's a couple of shows I'm liking more than it. I'm liking Kaisen more than this. I top take. Um, and I'm also liking, um, Understandable. Moriarty more than this too. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and of course, Re- and ReZero. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But is ReZero cheating? Because that's like on a league of its own. Um, yeah. Uh, ReZero is like SSS. Tier. But Hanukkah, if you do not be shocked if it ends up in my top five of the year. Do not be shocked. Uh, Spencer, what do you give it? This is the biggie. This is the so, biggie because I don't know what he's going to give. I genuinely he's been do not know. He's been agonizing over this for a couple days. I've, I have I really have. Um, So I was I'll, – I'll, I'll tell you this. It's not a 10 out of 10 for me. It's not. I figured. Um, I figured. I, I can't in good conscience give it a 10 out of 10 on, on my scale. Um. So I'm now stuck between a nine or an eight. Um, right, right. 
A nine makes sense to me um, because I feel like an eight might be a bit too harsh while still admitting that it's good. Hmm. Okay. Are you strong eight or just a nine? Here's that's pretty just, much what it is. Yeah. I'm going to give this... Uh, <laughs> um... I'm going to give you a strong eight out of ten. And he was strong. banished from the clan forever. <laughs> Just wait. Oh, it's going to give it an asterisk. I know that it. There's an asterisk. Oh, asterisk. Yeah. If it gets a season two at any point, this goes up to a ten. Oh. From an eight. Second asterisk. We all know that end of year awards we can change our scores oh so this might change cheating (laughs) i'm gonna think about this some more i'm gonna mull over it oh so it's like oh this is a placeholder you should have just given it the ha then the ha out of 10 i haven't given anything a ha yet so (laughs) but no it's a very 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 Strong I think right it would now. have been funny if you would have given Hanako the Ha out of 10. Like, yeah, that would all have been the shows of... to give the Ha. Oh, no, <laughs> uh, very, very strong 8, but with a, a big old bolded asterisk next to it. All right. And with that, we're done covering Hanako-kun. And we're going to move on to the random anime generator. If you don't know how this works, we rotate every, po- uh, every podcast between our choice, between me and Shane, or the randomizer. Shane's pick was Hanako-kun, so that means it's on to the randomizer. This is our final randomizer of the year, as well as our final show we are covering this year. So get ready. I think this is the first time, actually, that we're doing a randomizer. It's the final show of the year. We usually do... Um, actually, no, last year we did a randomizer. Yeah, last year was piece. a randomizer, and yeah, it was one piece. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Come wait, on, baby. Can we do Skype this time? Uh, Spencer we, will actually just... Stuck in that, I don't want to get stuck in that forest again. Spencer <laughs> will just leave the podcast and never return. <laughs> all right, so before we get started, uh, the, the one thing that we all agreed on is that it's going to be max of 12. We want me because we covered... A bunch so of long shit. A, long, a lot of long shows doing um, one of the classics. So we are going to be doing a bunch of... So we're going to be doing a shorter show for this time around. After, outside of that, this is our chance to go ham. This is our last randomizer of the year. All bets are off. Pretty much do whatever y'all want to do. So for let's go for... Let's go through let's, it one by one. Let's go through it one by one. Scores. What score do you think this should be between... Now, traditionally, we have sometimes ended the year off with a bad show. Really bad. But we've already had our bad show of the year. It was called Dragon Crisis. Crisis. That wasn't even, like, that bad. So, it was like, pretty bad. It was bad. Oh, it was bad. But it wasn't, like, Taboo Tattoo. It wasn't Taboo Tattoo. Cool or days game. level bad. Um, Just so, do we want to continue trend of having a garbage show at the end of the year just like or do you not or or do we end the tradition here and what's everyone feeling how's everyone's chaotic levels tonight i'm dude i'm feeling chaotic you're always feeling chaotic shut up i say we go from a three to a seven i you know what you know what i want 
I'm gonna keep the score between three to ten. Any score show. Oh, fuck. any scored show. Oh, it's also it's also fully unpredictable. Can we make sure that it's two to thirteen episodes, not one to thirteen? Because we might get a movie. Oh yeah, movie. Um, yeah, we might get a movie. Um, do we all want a movie, or do we want a show? Um, that nah, let's do a show. Two. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll just do a shot. Um, what years do we want it again? How chaotic are we feeling for years? Um, Who? Uh, what are you feeling, Shane? How are you taking? Because uh, I want to hear all of you because I had much fine with. I had one specific range in my head that popped up immediately. I don't know why. Okay, what? Nineteen ninety four. Okay, to twenty twenty. To twenty twelve. To twenty twelve. I don't know why. That's an interesting set of years. Don't know why that specific chunk popped into my head. So that's what I was very feeling. Very odd, Shane. I don't. Uh, uh, the haw out of 10. Um, Bruh, I, I run on haw energy. Come on. Uh, Spencer, Spencer, do you contest this? Do you want to like change? Do you have like a, are you okay with this? Uh, 1994 to 2013. I'm going to push it up to 2015. Personally. Okay, so 20, two decades. 21 years. 21 years. 21 years worth of anything from between... 30 to t- 3 to 10 score. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's so many anime. Um, now is the biggie. What genres do we want to include? Matt um, and I already discussed this last night. Romance is one of them. We want to include uh, romance. We were both feeling a good romance. Yeah. But feeling, but I want to, especially after Hanako-kun gave me a great OTP with, with Hanako and... Um, and and hey, I want a good like romance. Like I, I like I like I like me some romance. So, uh, so uh, anything else people want to add? Uh, did, I would like go ham if you want to go fucking weird. Do it because this is the last one of the year. I would like to add. Uh, fuck it, mystery. Of course. Of course. Of course. But you know what? Okay, mystery. That's my shit. Shane, net your your turn to pick one. You can go. You know what? Keeping with the Hanako uh, trend, let's go supernatural. Um I'm gonna go fucking weird. Let's go uh I'm gonna go fu- uh I'm gonna go fucking weird. Uh oh they added a genre. Yeah, they added Isekai. They added Isekai. Please no. Uh, Please no. I'm not picking. I'm not picking Isekai. I'm not into the move for Isekai. Maybe some other time. Maybe next year. Actually, we'll do an Isekai run. Um, who knows? Um, but I'm gonna. Go, I'm gonna go fucking. I'm gonna go fucking weird. Let's go sci-fi. Okay. Uh, let's put sci- sci-fi in there. And for good measure, I'm gonna throw action in there too, just All for right. fuck's sake. Um, just why not? Just, just why not? I want to pick. I want to put one more thing in there. What? I want to put. Let me see. I want to put. Uh, I I was between two. Fuck it. Put uh, put parody in there. Parody. That never gets us anything every time we put that in there. But okay. The parody uh, never shows up. Is are you good with those, or do you want to add one? Because I'm going to add one more if you're not. What's you? What's yours? Fantasy. I. Again, uh, I am the master of the huh energy. I was feeling military. 
No, yeah, fan- you know what? Fantasy Fuck military. Fan- Fuck it. Fantasy and military. Let's go. Both Fuck of it. it. I don't but care. Are we is that all or excluded? What are we excluding? Remember, you don't have to exclude everything. Right. Um, I'm getting rid of Echi and Harem just as a countermeasure. Get rid of Isakai. Um, get rid of Isakai. You're not feeling Isakai we, this we time. We don't. We do, we don't want to run into that shit. Uh, we don't want to run into that shit. And Isakai. No. Ed, 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 well, I don't think Echi, I don't think Isakai is going to be joining the ranks of Harem and, and Echi in terms of always excluded. But you know, I don't. Yeah. I'm not feeling Isakai this time around. Um, maybe uh, next year. Maybe next year. We're all men here. Get rid of Shoujo. But that's perfect for romance. Okay. I was going to um, say that of- enhances the chance of romance. Yes, but get rid of it because we're all men here, are we not? We're all men. <laughs> we're all men. And, and Fuck we're romance. Not boys, so get rid of shonen. No shonen. Exactly. No shonen. <laughs> we're not boys either. We're men. <laughs> but men. Only seinen. You know what? We're all men. We're not in school. Wink, wink. Get rid of school. <laughs> and oh, and oh. and while we're at it, we're all not in school anymore. So fuck it. No more giant robots. Get rid of Mecca. Yeah, who needs some giant buy- robots? Not me. Right, Mecca. I think we're good with the excluded. All right. Uh, please repeat. So between two to twelve episodes, all TV ratings score between three to ten. Released between nineteen ninety four to twenty fifteen, including action, fantasy, military, mystery, parody, romance, sci fi, supernatural, and excluding Echi, Harem, Isekai, Mecha, School, Shojo, and Shonen. Does anyone want to make any changes? I'm very scared right now. This is a very odd mix of shit. I am extremely worried. Chaos, 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 chaos. Are we good with this? Are we good with this? Let's do it. Do it. I'm generating the anime. Ah, what is this? I have never oh, heard of no, this it's one of those. in my life. It's an anime original too. Um, oh no! What's it called? I need to. I need to look this up because I have never heard of this. It's from 2013. Okay. Okay. It's, uh, it's from 2013. Uh, it is from A1. Oh. Um, okay. And it's a, it is a, it is technically a romance. Uh, it's not classified as a romance on the, on the, uh, on the randomizer, but the Wikipedia article says it is. It's, uh, uh, Galilea Dona, uh, stor- uh, Galilea Dona. Uh, it's 11 episodes long. It's about three sisters, ha- uh, Hosuki, Kazuki, and Hazuki, are descendants of Galileo and have completely different personalities and tastes. They never meet eye to eye. One day, the girls are suddenly attacked by a mysterious organization. The organization was built after the Galileo Tesoro, where Galileo Galilei was said to have been discovered. Still unaware, the sisters escape on the airship they built after the sudden attack. But it won't be easy for these three sisters to help out each other in a pinch when they're constantly at odds with each other. Um, uh, it is it, it is an action adventure drama fantasy mystery sci-fi. It is it is, is it legally available? Uh that is the unfortunate thing. I went to because.moe and it says it's available on Crunchyroll, but when I go to the actual page, there is nothing there. So it has uh, been removed. Uh let me check. Did you check the Canadian one? Yes. Yeah, uh, I just went on it as well. It's completely it, there is just a blank page. It is not legally available, which means that we have one or two options here like we always have. We either re-roll and we have to pick the one that we pick that we that we get, no matter what. 
or we do this one anyways, regardless of whether or not it's legally available. Um, I have never heard of this. Um, I have never heard of this, and I am so I don't really know what to think of this one. I am tempted to re-roll, personally. I say we re-roll. I say we, we re-roll. This has yeah. never gone wrong for us. This is never <laughs> out, ever. Ever. Um, do you want to keep the same years? Yes. Yes. Uh, do you want to? I uh, do you want to change the genres because I feel like we should. Uh, unless you want to keep the same genres, take shojo well, out of uh, excluded and put it in. Yeah. Why not? Put it in included. Yes. Okay. Why not? We're all girly men. Yeah. Why not? I'm a fucking bitch. I didn't Natural call you that. But okay. Military. Military uh, shoujo. That was, uh, and then also mystery. Um, and I think I'm, I think I got everything. Yeah. And then exclude Echi, Harem, Isakai, um, Shonen. Shonen, school, school, and Mecca. Mecca. All right. We got everything. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna run through it one more time. We have we're gonna we have to do this one, whatever we get. Okay, so we have okay. to two between two to twelve episodes, three to ten score on Mal. Uh between we at least between nineteen ninety four to two thousand fifteen, including action fantasy, military, mystery, parody, romance, sci fi, shoujo, supernatural, excluding Edgy Harem, Isekai, Mecha, School and Shonen. Are we good to go? Let's do it. Let's go, boys. I have never heard of this one either, but it looks rad. It's called Kurozuka. Uh, It's called Kurozuka. um, And it's from Studio Fucking Madhouse in the peak of Madhouse 2008. Um, How do you spell it? uh, uh, Yeah, K-U-R-O-Z-U-K-A. It's A-Q-K-A. Kurozuka. I do not know if it's legally available. I don't think it is. It does not come up on because, so it, it, yeah, I assume it, it is it not. Is also, oh, it, Matthew! It's, it's directed by Tetsuo Rocky Show. Um, okay, we're doing uh, it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I, we don't, it don't give a shit. It is an adaptation of the manga of the same name. The original novel is about a 12th century man named Minamoto no, uh, no Yoshitsune. Kuro flees into the mountains after losing his brother Minamoto no Yoritomo, the first shogun to rule all of Japan. History records say that he committed suicide, but instead Kuro meets a strange, beautiful woman named Kuromitsu in her mountain village. Eventually, Kuro falls in love with Kuromitsu, but realizes she conceals a dark secret. He learns that he is unable to die and continues to live for a thousand years as Japan evolves into a future society. It is an action, drama, historical, horror, romance, sci-fi, supernatural show. Um, directed by Tetsuro Araki and written by a bunch of people in peak madhouse. And there is a dub available. However, it is not legally available, meaning this will be the first show we cover that is not legally available. We'll find a way to watch it somehow. I'm your host, Matt, a.k.a. Legion Rex. You can find me on Twitter, at Legion Rex. Uh, uh, and you can also find me on YouTube, at Legion Rex. With me, I have my co-host, Shane, a.k.a. The Theater Bunny. You can find him on Twitter, at Beauty Gaming Network, where he posts his "What Are You Reading, Watching, Playing" series all the time, where he lets you know his his opinions on a bunch of shit, um, as well as his. You can also find him on YouTube uh, at Beauty Gaming Network, where he posts let's plays, gaming videos, streams, let's uh, unboxings, podcasts, all that good stuff. You can also 
Uh, find him on Twitch, where he streams every Tuesday and Thursday from noon to two. Um, and you can also find and yeah, so make sure to watch him there. I don't know what he's streaming. Yeah, he go, streams whatever. Come, come watch us tomorrow. Uh, when when this comes out, it'll be Monday. Come watch us tomorrow, mm-hmm. 7 p.m. Eastern. We're doing a night stream Ooh. because it's the launch of the Xbox Series X. We're doing a big launch day bonanza where we go through everything on Box It, go through it for the first time, check out some games. It's gonna be it's gonna be a big it's gonna be a lot of fun. So it's gonna be yeah, excellent day. Twitch.tv um, slash the bearded gaming network. Yeah. With me I also have my co host Spencer. You can find him on Twitter at Beery Bird with two E's. Two E's, two E's. With two E's, and he posts a lot of cosplay pictures um, and shit posts and shit posts and stuff. And he just uh, so likes, yeah, he just likes stuff without like commenting a lot of the time. He's just like, oh, yeah. that looks cool. Like, yeah, 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 pretty much. Uh, you can find him on uh, yeah. You can find uh, so yeah, you can find him on there. And with that, we'll see you all next time for Kotozuka. We don't know how we'll watch it, but we're gonna get it to you I, somehow. I don't know how this is gonna go, but it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, this is the first show we're covering without a legally available. Uh, that's not legally available, but we'll we'll find a way to watch it somehow. We'll find a way to watch it, and uh, we 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 will, if we can find a legal method, we will try to let y'all know. Um, so we'll see you all next time for Kurazuka. All right, see you later, you pussyfoot bitches. I need to fucking tell you something when we stop, Matt. That's gonna blow okay. your goddamn mind. All right, we'll see you in two weeks then. Bye, everyone. We'll see you in two weeks. Thank you for listening to The Gap. If you like what you've seen, you can subscribe to The Gap Podcast YouTube channel to get the latest podcasts as they go live. Be sure to like and comment and let us know what you guys think of the show. Thank you very much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Don't get that